Welcome to the Run In My Mouth podcast. I'm your host, Carly Sauer, aka Coach Carly. We need to discuss common life issues together in an open, unfiltered, free environment. Running, family, work, religion, travel, general exercise, politics, relationships, self-help and development, you name it, we tackle it head on. Expect to laugh, to be intrigued, to waste a bit of your time, to learn a little something, to feel some nostalgia, and to leave inspired. Most importantly, crack open a cold one with me, or a hot one, or go for a run, or whatever suits your fancy. Let's go get her done. Welcome back to the Run In My Mouth show. As always, I'm your host, Coach Carly, aka Carly Sauer. And today we've got a wonderful guest to cap off season two. So this is season two, episode six. It is going to be our last episode this season before we head into the end of winter here. And today's guest is Mr. JJ Sauer. JJ is a highly educated, longtime runner and competitive athlete, insurance executive, traveler extraordinaire, wine enthusiast, which I can attest to, proud father, Jeep owner, lethal (laughs) weapon, aka karate expert, and best of all, my darling husband. Welcome, JJ. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor (laughs) to be here. Oh, yeah. An honor and a privilege. Yeah, absolutely. I I never thought of myself as a Jeep owner, but I suppose I am for the last year. Yes. He is, but he refuses to do the Jeep wave. So if yeah. you ever pass a, a red Jeep Wrangler uh, around these parts of Jersey, don't expect the, the wave. <laughs> Which is a peace sign above the steering wheel. It's the strangest thing. Yeah. I um, I actually, do you remember when I was driving your Jeep for a couple of weeks when my uh, car was in the shop and I got so used to doing the wave that then I was driving my truck. Yeah. You're going down the road in your Telluride, giving everyone the Jeep wave, and they're like, what the hell are you doing? You're driving a Kia. Yeah, I was so upset. I finally said to JJ after like like a week of uh, of driving, and I was like, hey, like I'm really upset. Like A lot of people don't do the Jeep wave. And he was like, what? What do you mean? Like You're not driving the Jeep. And I was like, oh, shit. That's why no one's waving at me. <laughs> They probably just thought you were like some hippie, peace and love. Yeah. Well, they know the Jeep way, but they're just like, Who's well, yeah, but if you're doing you? it from your Kia truck. Yeah, true. Mean, true. It's Touché. just weird. Touche. Touche. I mean, the whole thing is weird, but yeah. that's why I don't do it. But I love my Jeep anyway. Yeah. I mean, my only, my only, uh, the pet peeve, if you will, or drawback or whatever to it, um, is, when I had to get the Duna in and out with Sienna, I was, it was so hard. Oh yeah. It was so hard. Well, the doors just aren't as wide. Well, I know. So getting that car seat in and yeah. out. Yeah. Well now it's fine. Cause the car seat is just in there and it's yeah, just the true. kid goes in and out. But when she was, when she was a baby, it was not, <laughs> it was not easy. Yeah. It was so freaking heavy. I was like hoisting it up and like putting a foot on the yeah. like side. Like, Oh God, it was so bad. Um, Okay, without further ado, I need to crack my beverages here, and I know that you're dying to get into yours, so let's... It's getting warm. Let's pop them. Yeah. For anyone who knows me and or 
who's been listening to the Run In My Mouth show the last couple weeks, you know that I'm six months pregnant. And so please don't get it twisted. I did not just pop two beers. <laughs> I've, I've got a... Uh... <laughs> I popped three, actually. Yeah, no, not true. I just uh, cracked open a San Pellegrino, uh, basically like a soda. I mean, it's Italian sparkling drinks, you know, and uh, it's delicious. And then the other one is just a... Um, sparkling water. Seltzer. Yeah. yeah, yeah, sparkling water. Um, and I have a 16-ounce... Double IPA. <laughs> who's, it, who's that by? What is that? Bricks Brewing Company. It's it's local here in Jersey. Hmm. It's called Just Another Double IPA. Is it B R I X? Oh yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. Yeah. So you gotta tell me how it is. Cheers. Cheers. All right. Hopefully it wasn't a loud, hard swallow. <laughs> it's actually a little strange tasting. Oh really? Oh no, that's not good. It'll grow on you by the end. Yeah, I mean, I'll drink it, but it's not the best I've ever had, that's for sure. Ooh, I actually like it. It's got a little fruit. Yeah, I like the citrusy part of it. Yeah, yeah it is. It's like fruity. Mm. Okay, listeners, I just had a tiny sip. Don't judge. Relax. Liquid carbs, right? Maybe baby will be a, an athlete, too. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> we are hope we, so. Yeah, are we going to call him Tom Brady? Oh, well, that was Sienna's name in the womb. So I know. We can't yeah. have another Tom Brady in the family. Yeah, exactly. Let's back up. So JJ is a big Patriots fan, namely Mr. Tom Brady. And uh, I'm a big Giants fan. And, you know, so that. That's a clash right there. Yeah, that didn't work out too well when we first yeah, met. Yeah, we went to the Giants game the other day, and I was like, oh, I've got to root for the Giants. Yeah, uh, you did they good. killed us in two Super Bowls. Not, you... <laughs> not literally killed, but like ripped our hearts out. Yeah. You, uh, you gave me some high fives. Yeah. You no, I, I mean, I was excited for them. They were playing the Colts. Yeah. You were a, a good sport. a long time rival of the Patriots, so that's, yeah. that's good. Yeah, you were a good sport. That was a, that was a good day. But, uh, but no, so JJ loves the Patriots and, you know, Brady, whatever, and They've always been like my, you know, nemesis rival in my head just because he's so good. And we had the, you know, 18 wins and one giant loss season. Can't ever let Patriots fans forget about that. Don't worry. We'll never forget. <laughs> I was like the most excited. I still wake up in a cold sweat time sometimes. I'm like, you know, let the 1972 Miami Dolphins be the only undefeated team in NFL history. I know. I was a, it was a sick season, but, you know, just we had to kill you. So anyway. Yeah. Um, we were pregnant with our first kid and I was sure she was going to be a boy. I don't know. I just had like a weird feeling and everything you read, right, about all like the Chinese gender predictions and the nub theory and just all these things and cravings, every single thing pointed to boy, everything. And um, excuse me, even like, for example, with my first pregnancy, it was a, it was a girl I craved sour things all the time. Like I barely ate any sweets. Everything I wanted was sour. I never in my life have enjoyed lemonade. Literally and figured it yeah. out. Sour. <laughs> exactly. Thanks. Um, yeah. I've never liked lemonade my whole life. And that's like all, remember, that's like all I drank. We had yep. like lemonade in the fridge it's all a lot of the lemonade, time. Yeah. And now I am pregnant with a boy and I've been eating so many sweets. <laughs> like... I don't think that's actually true. I mean, well, it's clearly not. Yeah. I but, mean, you're, you're an ice cream aficionado and it's not like you're having ice cream every night. It's maybe like once a week. Well, totally. So, but I, I have had, you know, 
couple I mean, you've got, chocolates I see some, here and I there. see some peppermint patties and Hershey Kisses to your left. Yeah, one peppermint patty. Yeah. Um, a couple of wrappers. Yeah, two Hershey Kisses wrappers and then four unopened and a peppermint patty just staring at me. So I would love to eat them, but now we're on air and I, I, I can't. I have, a, I have a big pet peeve, you guys, of uh, chewing noises. <laughs> yeah, I can attest to that. I get lectured a couple of times a week. Probably sitting, more than that. Sitting next to her on the couch and chewing my popcorn too loudly. Yeah, yeah. Last night we were watching Yellowstone. We just got into Yellowstone, and he popped popcorn. And two nights ago he made it, and I actually was like, "Oh, that sounds really good." And so I went to have a piece, and then I was like, "Dude, you burned it! Like, who burns popcorn?" And he was like, "Okay, then I'll eat it." So last night I was like, "Can you just like not burn it? Like maybe put it in less time." So he's like okay so he comes back to the couch like after it's popped and everything puts it between us i ate one or two and then i looked at him and i go can you just like try to eat quietly <laughs> and to his to his credit he didn't he didn't say anything he just resumed eating <laughs> but very loudly no i made sure my mouth was wide open <laughs> no, no 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 it was good it was a good. We watched like five episodes of Yellowstone or two or three. I yeah, I'll tell you what. That show, God, it's like a teen drama for adults. Yeah, it's There's a lot. just so much drama and murder and all of the. I mean, everything that you would find in like a a CW or like yeah. you know ABC teen drama. Yeah, uh, I forget what they it, compared it to. Uh, I mean, you know, I feel like I'm always late to the. I mean, you know me and movies and actors and all this i never know anything i'm always late to the game i've still never seen sopranos never watched godfather all the way through never watched the office never watched game of thrones not even an episode <laughs> like i just i've never really like on the bandwagon for things um so with this it was interesting both of us you know we talked about it a couple times but we just never like watched it and then we turned it on, and that first episode took us, what, like three sittings to get through? Yeah, because it was like an hour and a half. And it was so freaking boring. Yeah. We were like, what is going it on? Was, it was like a little bit boring. Driving right? around the wilderness. There were no murders or <laughs> anything like that. <laughs> well, it was just like first nothing first was episode. happening. Like dialogue. We didn't know who was who or why people were like mad at each other. Um, but now we're, what, five episodes in? Something like that, yeah. And now it's kind of kind of hooks you. Yeah, it's it's good. I like uh, Cole Hauser's character. Yeah, just the the tough guy. Yeah, he, well, and he's he's a softie though too. He like cares a lot. Uh, I mean, he's he's a nice enough guy. I wouldn't yeah. call him a softie. Yeah, I think there's probably a a smushy layer under there. Um, wait a second. So we need to go back about why I talked about you being a Pats fan. So right. we were pregnant with Sienna, and same as we are with this baby, we have no name. I mean. God knows, like we've got like a massive list and we can't agree on anything. And we're just like, whatever, we'll figure it out when he's born. <laughs> like, who well, knows? My, my father the other day, I mean, our parents keep on pestering us, your mom, every time we <laughs> yeah, go over there, day. she's like, so what are you going to name the baby? Any hints? We're like, well, you just asked us that yesterday, yeah. the day before yesterday and the day before that. But my dad emails us the other day and he was like, I've got it. We like the alliteration of S-S, just having the S first name and then Sour. And he was like, how about Seamus Sauer? <laughs> uh, no. I mean, <laughs> nothing against the Irish. Yeah. In fact, I Well, neither of us are Irish, though. I'm part Irish. Okay. And part, I, I go there a couple like of times a year barely. for board meetings, but yeah. 
No, not not going to have a traditional Irish name. Actually, the guy that I replaced at my current job is named Seamus. And he's Irish? And, oh, yeah. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Yeah, um, I mean, if one of us were like half, like 50% Irish or something, yeah, I'm, fine. I'm but, maybe, maybe a quarter. Yeah. I mean, I have no Irish blood at all. Like, no ties to Ireland in that respect whatsoever. Um, but, but yeah, with, with Sienna, we were so sick of everyone like pestering us and that's like all anyone cared about. So we decided that the baby, right. Cause at that, we didn't know the gender was going to be named Tom Brady and not Tom space, Brady space last name, Just but one word, but one word, like capital T O M B R A D Y, like all one word. And so we literally called the baby Tom Brady until she was born. Well, including in the baby apps. Yeah. And so I would say little Tom Brady is the size <laughs> yeah. of a cantaloupe today. And in our like family uh, announcement. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah. Uh, like we did it. Yeah. So there can be another Tom Brady. I yeah, mean, that's true. We don't still call her Tom Brady, but we no. did for like, Eight six, months. Six months. I'd say maybe. seven or eight months. It was a while. Yeah. Because we found out, you know, gender early, but we still, we had uh, called her that fair, already. Fair point. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, this one, when we sent out our family pregnancy announcement, was it an email? You sent an email? It was. Uh, I let JJ write it and he freaking called the baby Jafar. I was like, we did not agree on this. And everybody latched onto it. Like my aunts and uncles were like, oh, Jafar, what a, what a cool name. Yeah, I was like, oh my God. And and like, oh, that's going to be a nickname for Yeah, I was like, that better be a joke. Well, but it's like kind of fizzled already. Yeah, no, no one's called it that yeah. in quite a while. It, <laughs> him. him. Sorry. Him, yeah. I don't know, we, have, we haven't really been referring to him as much, except for like all these stupid well, we've, yeah, we've been referring to him as like Rocco and Giuseppe because you like the Italian names being from Italian blood and I don't. Yeah. And so I shut all this down immediately, but I think it's kind of funny when. Yeah. JJ likes to, to make fun of A, me being from Jersey and B, my Italian heritage. And uh, now he lives in New Jersey and actually just had to get a New Jersey driver's license. So he's a, he's a total convert. It just came in the mail today. Literally. Yeah. I was so sad. I, I had to go to the, the DMV here a couple of weeks ago. So sad. I, they took my Connecticut license, Literally which, took which I've had yeah. for over half my life. Mm-hmm. I never got a New York license the whole decade that I lived Well, there. you didn't drive there. Yeah, I did when I lived in Brooklyn the last yeah. couple of years before moving to Bermuda. You had a car registered in the city? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, actually. Then legally um, but, you should have changed your life. No, I, I know. And it wasn't until now that travelers, our auto insurer, said, if you don't get a New Jersey license, we're going to cancel your policy. So yeah. I had to go and do it. And they, I thought they would just give me back my Connecticut well, license. Well, what they but, usually do is they punch a hole, a hole punch. Yeah. Well, and they, then give it to you. But I guess they just they, took it, huh? They took it away. Yeah, yeah that's, so, that's rude. So now I'm Jersey through and through. You are. Well, and, you know, Italian, I think... I don't know. I think you're like more, I want to say socially Italian, but I mean like. What? Like, what um, does that mean? That's what I. I, I don't right. ever say like forget that or anything <laughs> like that. That's not what I meant. I meant like, um, I can't, I don't have a good, good word. I mean, it's late y'all. I've been awake for a long ass time. Baby, baby duties, pregnancy brain. Yeah. I can't, I can't think. I don't have a good. Yeah. It's what been like a. 14 or 15 hour day so far 
For me, you didn't wake up right away. I'm talking about for you. <laughs> well, today was the like, last day of my vacation. I know, that's so why I, I let you sleep get in. Up and go back to work tomorrow morning. I was hoping you heard Sienna on the monitor, and so I like made it louder and just like laid in bed, and I was like, oh, he's never going to hear it. <laughs> I still got up at you. I know. Um, but no, it's a, I, whatever. The point I'm trying to make with it, I can't think of the word I'm looking for, but you love Italian food. You love red wine. You like... You know, you, you live the the part that I think like the Spanish blood and Italian blood are like pretty similar in that with, True. you know, diets and preferences and, you know, whatever, like your music choices are like pretty run of the mill in terms of that. Yeah. No, that's... I mean, you're not listening to like Dean Martin every day, but you're also not listening to like, well, I guess you do listen. I was going to say Backstreet Boy. I guess that I can't say I mean, it's, it's, it's in the, the song library, the iTunes library, a couple of songs from way back when. Oh my God. They're not in the regular playlist. No. I know. That's and, the, and there's no, yeah, there's some Sinatra. There's no Dean yeah. Martin. I love Dean any, Martin. Any of the rest right. of the Rack Pack. Paul Anka. Like that. No. Yeah. I'm mostly a, a rock day. and roll guy. Yeah. Well, that's true. Except you didn't approve, you didn't, well, I don't have to admit now, you didn't really approve my rock and roll earrings. You were like, that's weird. I don't even know what your <laughs> rock and roll earrings are. The chain one that I have. Oh. <laughs> you thought that was weird. Well, it looks like something that's one of the guys from Guns N' Roses would wear. Oh, which is the point. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's cool on them, but on, my, on my petite wife, no. I don't know. <laughs> it makes sense. Uh, it's funny. Um, all right. Well, anyway, we could, I mean, clearly we could bullshit all day. I'm sure both of us feel a little like loopy, but the reason you are here. Yes. Let's get to that. Let's get to that. Yeah. The reason you're here is because I, you know, as we've discussed, wouldn't be married to you if you weren't an athlete. Um, your athletic skills are pretty impressive and I certainly am quite upset. I missed the boat in seeing you play. High level lacrosse. Oh, yeah, for the Bermuda national team. Yeah, Yeah, uh, we've talked about that a lot. Yeah. And you've expressed how, you know, in the past there wasn't much social support. True. Uh, Yeah, no, I was was usually there without any any people Mm -hmm. cheering me on. But I mean, like the last world championships that we played in in 2018 was in Israel. Yeah, I would have gone. It's not like families. I would have brought our well, kids I, I know you would have been there. We weren't. <laughs> even if we were we dating. We weren't married at that time. I, even if we were dating, I would have gone, but we didn't meet for another year and, and a half. Yeah. When was yeah. it? June? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I thought. Um, but yeah. So anyway, so that just, you know, is sad in my part, but it is what it is. So now you're, you're stuck with a distance runner pretty much. I mean, I still play lacrosse from time to time. In yeah. Bermuda, but... And I went, I've been to your practices. Yeah. I wouldn't call them practices. They're like Pick-ups. pickup games. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, for those of you listening like a groupie. That, that aren't familiar, <laughs> we, we don't have enough guys now uh, to play field lacrosse. So we don't play on a, you know, a football field. We play on a basketball court. So we do indoor and whoever shows up that night, you throw your sticks in, divide them up <laughs> and you have a, a pickup game. It's kind of like basketball in that sense. Yeah. 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 It's a lot I, of fun. So it's, I love you know, how you to, said last time you were considered one of the young guys. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> that couple, was funny. A couple of weeks ago, yeah, just before I, I came back for, for Christmas break. Um, yeah, I, I showed up and there was not too many people there that night. And there was one other guy. It was probably like late 20s, I think. And then me and then a couple of older guys, like 
50 to 55. Yeah. And so they were like, well, both young guys can't be on the same team. <laughs> so you guys have to separate. Yeah. Like, well, you're calling a young guy. I just yeah. turned 40 a couple months ago. I mean, well, the I first still time feel you young were... enough, but I'm not a young guy. Yeah. The first time you referred to yourself as middle-aged was last week. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah. there, there it is. There it is. Yeah. yeah. I guess, what do you consider middle, like 40, 40 to 60, five? Yeah. 40, I would say 40 to 65 sounds about right. Yeah. yeah. Once you're 65, you're old. Once you're 65, <laughs> you can register for AARP. Yeah. Get into the movies for half price. Do a lot of things for half price. Is that the... Um... Your kids pay for dinner. Yeah. Well, some. Some. Okay. <laughs> Nowadays, some parents pay for kids till they're 65. Oh, that that so. is true. And the kids living in the house. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's, that's a whole different topic. That's a whole different conversation. Um, but the... Uh, 65 is that when people say over the hill or is that 40 it's 40 over the I think hill. 40 is technically over the hill yeah so i can't I'm, remember i'm like on the top of the hill it doesn't get any better than this this is 2023 is going to be the best year describe your status right now what, what who are you what are you doing in terms of what work just right now if this is the best it's gonna get you're you know a father you got a baby on the way you got two dogs a house a jeep <laughs> all of the above yeah a proud father of one soon to be two uh loving husband uh as you mentioned in the intro i'm i'm an insurance executive uh based between uh here in new jersey and bermuda so lots of back and forth there. Um, a lot of travel. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much half of my time is here. Half of my time is in Bermuda. You guys are, are with me in Bermuda, what, like five days a month. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's a lot of back and forth for, for all of us. Yeah. Um, but no, it's, I mean, it's for the time being, we're making it work. And, you know, we've talked about when Sienna gets to school and, you know, is, is it really going to be sustainable to be going back and forth all the time? literally yeah. to another country. I mean, we'll figure it out. Oh, well, exactly. I feel like when we first met though, we're talking about all this, it was totally feasible. It's fine. Cause it was such an easy hop, skip and a jump. Well, like, absolutely. It's an travel was easy. Yeah. Um, you know, lots of flights, flight options, like all that kind of stuff. But then, then the pandemic happened. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Flights. And, exactly. Yeah, then the world went to shit. COVID restrictions <laughs> and all of that. Yeah. It used to be so easy. I mean, there was literally, regardless of what time of year it was, mm -hmm. at least four flights a day yeah. in and out of January. Always options, yeah. Um, now we're closest to Newark Airport, and that's a seasonal flight, which is only like from May through Labor Day. Yeah. So it's like four or five months a year. They've now said they're going to resume it in March, which is great. Fingers but, crossed. Yeah. Uh, but no, there's literally people that live in New York, Connecticut, New Jersey, that travel to so Bermuda is a big insurance and reinsurance hub for, for those listening that aren't familiar with that. But there's men and women that literally live in the tri-state area and that's where their family is located hundred percent of the time. And they get on a plane Monday morning, go down to Bermuda, work the week there, come it's home so on crazy. Friday afternoon and yeah. they're literally with their family for the weekend. And then they're going, I, I don't want to do that. So, yeah. you know, I'm back and forth every week or two, but I'll work a week here um, yeah. know, in between. And you well, know, part of my role is, is New York. I was going to say, that's, what, so that's, what that's what's it. gotten you your, your three jobs. <laughs> three jobs. 
Um, all, all with PwC, but three jobs. Yeah. yeah. Um, but so in your athletic journey, so we talked about, you know, the pinnacle of, uh, of life here. You're on, you're at the top of the hill. I <laughs> can't get better. Um, but I don't know about for athletics and well, life so in general. That was, that was yeah. going to be my point was like, sure, that's where you are, but like the ship has sailed on the Bermuda national team stuff in your opinion and yada, yada, yada. But so getting there to the quote unquote pinnacle, if you will, of, you know, level yeah. in team sports, how was it when you started? Like you started, you started pretty young, right? Didn't you start sports pretty young? Oh, I started sports as, I mean, pretty much as soon as I could walk and run. Um, I had, you know, some kind of ball or not bat, stick in my, I never played baseball. I was really ever, more, never. I mean, in, in gym class and pickup and yeah. stuff, like I know how to swing a baseball. That's bat. why you don't like baseball. Um, but <laughs> I, it just always found it boring. Well, that's and, and I, I you like, never played it. Though. I like baseball. I mean, yeah. I'm, a, I'm a Red Sox fan along with the Patriots, um, but I don't really ever watch baseball unless I well, I know. Anytime game. I want to like turn it, well, you don't like the Yankees, but anytime I want to turn the Yankees game on, you're just like, oh my God, how, like, how do you watch this? <laughs> and I used to watch, I actually used to watch a lot of baseball yeah. um, in my twenties, which is not as well, much anymore. Going out like yeah. bars. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's um, or, sitting in your house on or the couch with roommates with in front of a, yeah, in front yeah. of a TV by yourself is different. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, That's but no, I was, so I was one of the only kids you'll, you'll meet who was an athlete in many sports yeah. that never played any level of baseball. What about where you baseball. grew up? Cause you grew up in Connecticut. People are hockey. Or is that more like Boston people? No, hockey is big. You didn't play hockey. Did you? I did not Ice play hockey. hockey because my dad didn't like hockey. Yeah. He liked basketball, which yeah. is the other winter sport. Yeah. Uh, I mean, so I, I, I hope our basketball. son doesn't play hockey. That shit is like, well, and, he, and he also didn't want to get up at four <laughs> yeah, or five exactly. o'clock in the morning. And it's also a really expensive sport to oh, play. Of course. You travel all over the place. I yeah. mean, it's, it's a it's real a big commitment. Yeah. Absolutely. I love hockey. Uh, I wish I had played hockey yeah. instead of basketball. Uh, but, you know, that's, that's life. I've played ball hockey in, in Bermuda. Well, if our son wants to years. play hockey, you can take him to practice. Yeah. And, and I'm happy to do that <laughs> if he wants to. Because uh, I think I think that's a great sport. So, but no, I was always um, football, basketball, and lacrosse. I played soccer before I was old enough to play football. Yeah. But then I started playing football in third grade. As soon as I could play football, yeah. I played football. That's that's my favorite sport. Yeah, favorite sport to watch at this point. Lacrosse is my favorite sport to play. Okay. Yeah. I was gonna say, wait, lacrosse your favorite sport to watch? No. No, it's yeah. a favorite sport to play. Yeah. But that's also because it's it's always been my best sport, pretty much. Um, most enjoyable you know, then, I'm, yeah. I'm not the most physical guy. You know, I'm like in my prime 6'1", 175 pounds. That's not the build yeah. of a, an American football player, unless you're like a defensive back or a wide receiver. But I wasn't quite fast enough to do that at yeah. a high level. So lacrosse, I mean, I could run all day long, so I played midfield. Um, so... Yeah, and, and and with lacrosse, my dad played in Notre Dame in college, so I had a stick in my hands yeah. when I was like six well, years old. Yeah, he's super passionate about it, Absolutely. even to this day. Absolutely. Talks about it all the time. Well, I mean, he, you know, we've spoken about this. He started the third and fourth grade league in Darien, Connecticut. Yeah. And Darien is one of the powerhouse towns in the country. Yeah. I mean, we were always top 10 in the nation when I was there, and that got even better after I left. One year, they were national champions. In high but school? High school. Yeah. Yeah. 
I don't know. Do they separate it by travel teams or just school levels? There's travel teams for like third and fourth, fifth and sixth, seventh and eighth. But then when you get to high school, it's just there's one public high school in Darien. I mean, it's a town of 20. So that's where everyone people. focuses. Yeah. Um, but when I was coming up, they started fifth and sixth grade. It wasn't like it is now where they have like peewee programs, you know, yeah. kindergarten, first and second grade. That did not exist back then. Um, so, yeah, there was a, who were we, we were chatting with someone recently who was talking about, um, the age at which you start sports nowadays. Um, and she was like, yeah, like six years old, you have to like finish uh, or like figure out what you want to do. It's crazy. It's so young. Like I was the same. I played sports super young, but like you didn't have to decide on like a sport. People didn't decide on sports to like high school. And now it's like, well, not now, like probably like five or 10 years after I was in high school competitively, seventh grade, sixth, seventh grade is when you really had to decide. And now it's like right away, people are picking sports right away and like devoting all of their energy for their kids into like one sport. Talk about burnout. Yeah, I agree. Ugh. And I, I don't like that. I mean, unless you know from a young age that you're like Michael Phelps, for instance, and in swimming. Yeah, they all still play other sports. You see these guys who are professionals, Olympians, they all were tri-sport athletes growing up, like that no one ever focused on one thing. I don't think he did. I think he focused on one thing, but I don't think that's good know. for the vast yeah. majority of 99. Did he really point, only just swim? I think so. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, he, he burned out at swimming at, yeah. at took a bunch of years, but he went through a dark period after the Beijing Olympics. Well, of course, but he literally was like the best swimmer of all time. So of it's all like, time. And <laughs> yeah. one of the greatest athletes, you know, like what they do yeah. of all time. Yeah. So, I mean, I think he achieved whatever it, his childhood dream was. But Yeah, but unless you're Michael Phelps yeah. or Katie Ledecky or I don't yeah. know why I use two swimmers, Wayne Gretzky. Yeah. Wayne Gretzky probably played other sports. Yeah. Most people would benefit from being well-rounded and playing a bunch of different sports. And there's different stuff that you get out of playing individual sports well, exactly. versus it's playing team sports. I think learning. they're both important. Yeah. And there's a lot of lessons. Exactly. Learned. Learning environments. Yeah. Yeah. I never played an individual sport, so I didn't understand the concept for yeah, a the, long time. The only individual sport that I've ever done is karate. Um, yeah. and, I, and I guess track. I, I ran track for yeah. a year in track high counts. It's still a team sport with points, but like, yeah, it's, it's, a, yeah, you, have, I mean, you have to do your uh, own work. Other than relays, um, you know. Yeah. I mean, I mean, track cross country, like all that stuff. I didn't understand that in growing up, even through college. I mean, I was actually, sp I've spoken about it before on other podcast episodes with longtime runners who ran competitively like forever. I always just thought it was like stupid. I'm like, who just like chooses to run? Like, why would you run? And now here I am, you know, 12 years into being a running coach, <laughs> you know, and like it's really- It's a little bit ironic. Uh, it's very, trust me, it's very ironic. Um, but when you ran, uh, and I fully accept it, you know, I fully eat my hat. As soon as I started coaching endurance, especially endurance running, half marathons, marathons, ultras, all this stuff. I was like, wow, yeah, I need to eat my hat. <laughs> like foot in mouth for everything I've said the last 15 years of my life. Um, but when you ran track, you ran in high school. What 
like events did you run? I, and I just ran senior year of high school because. Oh, that's it. Yeah. I played basketball the first couple of years of high school. Did you indoor track? Indoor track. Gotcha. Yeah. So my sister did too. Um, so my senior year, I actually did cross country in the fall and indoor track. And in, then lacrosse. And then lacrosse in the spring. Huh, interesting. Uh, so I gave up football and basketball at that Why? point. Well, Just the... after my freshman year of high school, I had to get knee surgery. Oh, I had right. like bone chips floating around in my right knee. And I was out of commission all summer and into the fall. Um, you know, it's not like a professional athlete coming back from knee surgery and being back in like eight weeks. Well, exactly. It was a longer recovery yeah. than that. So I couldn't really play sports sophomore year until the spring yeah. when lacrosse came around. And then you just like fall behind. And I fell behind. Yeah. And at that point, like I was growing into my body. I was rail thin. Yeah. You know, Didn't I you got, like really tall all of a sudden? Like one of those guys? Uh, not really tall because <laughs> I'm six one, but I had gotten to like... That's tall for high school, in my opinion. I had yeah. gotten to like six feet by junior year and yeah. I was like 140, 145 pounds, something <laughs> yeah. like that. When I graduated high school, I was 151 pounds at six one. I didn't get, I didn't put on like the muscle mass yeah. until I got to college actually. Because I was younger than most other kids. I was well, born yeah, late in the year. That's so true. I was 17 when I started college. Yeah. And by the time I came home for Thanksgiving, freshman year of college, I was 190 pounds. I really? 40 pounds from June to November. From, yeah. um, from drinking? <laughs> <laughs> no, actually from two things, actually. Uh, I mean, well, drinking, I know you, drinking you could have had something to do with it, but that wasn't until second semester of oh, really? freshman year. Mm. Um, no, it was mostly from eating as much as I wanted. Yeah. Uh, so when my dad was in school, they had the concept of training table where you could only eat as much as you want if you were an athlete. Mm -hmm. They didn't have that concept and, and probably in most colleges, now, yeah. any college, you can get whatever you want if you're on the meal plan. So I ate a shitload <laughs> of food and I went to the gym like four or five days a week and was lifting heavy weights. Yeah. And so I was just putting on serious muscle mass. And then I realized I was heavier than I wanted to be for lacrosse. Yeah. I went out for fall ball freshman year and I had already gotten up to like 180 something pounds. And I was like, it's not as easy to run as it used to be. Uh, so I then slimmed back down to like 175. Yeah. No, it's Mo funny. Most of the remainder of college. I was, uh, obviously I'm a woman. I'm much shorter than you, like a foot shorter. But I was the same. I mean, I've never had a restriction on eating. I mean, I eat what I want when I want every time I want to eat. But uh, it's because, you know, you're instilled like you were when you're growing up healthy choices, you know, cooking at home, mom cooks all your meals, like all that kind of stuff. But when, we, when I went to college, there was a difference on our meal plan. Very strict difference, actually. We were very strict on what you took and what you got and what time you were in the meal places and what, mm. where you ate because we had like a few different places to eat on campus. And um I always had the unlimited plan because I, first of all, being an athlete, you yeah. know, my True dad, sport athlete. yeah. And my dad understanding that I needed the, the food and the fuel. And he was like, he would rather me go to those eateries six times a day than leave campus three times a week to go to the grocery store. You know, he was like, I feel like you're safer, that you're better off, you know, just being on campus, using your meal plan. Like, let's just do an unlimited, um, you know, meal plan for that reason. Which was good. I mean, it was a good thing, but it was definitely funny. I mean, the guys who served food knew me. <laughs> they knew me by name. I went to a very small school, but still, like, 
they really only knew the football players. So <laughs> the fact that they yeah. knew me by name was, uh, it tells you something. <laughs> Definitely tells you something. Like I had my friend from college, Bridget, on this season. And uh, we, we laughed about this as well because I used to go up with this one refectory called the Rat, which is like the grossest name for an eatery. But you had it was like a buffet style. You didn't like order things. You could take whatever you wanted every time you swiped. And because I had unlimited, I could unlimited swipe. So I would go up. I would go through like four different trays of food at like every given meal time. It was disgusting. Like thinking about that now. I mean, you know how I eat now. I hate meals. I like like you know yeah. small portions. I like you know. I'll make a dinner and have like two bites and be like, Oh God, I'm so full. <laughs> well, we joke about it. If if I didn't have structured meals for lunch and dinner, at least, I would never eat structured. You meals. probably wouldn't eat structured meals. No. When in you're fact, not here, I make food for Sienna and I snack while she's eating. But like my dinner when you're not here is a salad and a yogurt, you know, like I don't. Yeah. I don't make myself food. Meanwhile, you're in Bermuda eating like <laughs> three steaks, potatoes, broccoli like i'm like oh wow that's a that's a meal and that's pretty much all it is yeah it's, it's usually <laughs> like broccoli and steak mm -hmm. or broccoli mushrooms and pork or chicken mm -hmm. or whatever there's yeah always, you're always there's like always a protein and a vegetable yeah I'm always and like, occasionally there's a carb what are you eating and he's like take a guess i'm like steak he's like not tonight I'm like pork he's like yep <laughs> well Things, as you know, things are so expensive in Bermuda. Every, I know. Everything it's is, a shock. Is it's a culture shock. All products that enter Bermuda and everything They're is important. imported yeah. for the most part is taxed because there's no corporate tax there. So everything is VAT, value-added tax. Mm -hmm. And so buying steak is super expensive. Like the cheapest cut of meat that you can get in Bermuda is $10 a pound. And that's for like stuff that you would put in a stew Yeah, that you would never cook <laughs> on a grill. If you want to talk about something that you're cooking on a grill, it's like at least 18 to $20 a pound. Yeah, uh, And that's for like semi-decent meat. So pork is one of the only things actually that is reasonably priced compared to what it would be in the U.S. Yeah. So I... Well, I, prices I, in the I, U.S. I are super high for no, a long I, I time too. That's true. We talked about that. You know, I'd tell you, be like, yeah, I'm not buying meat. Yeah, no, I know. Inflation is not transitory. It's, <laughs> it's a real thing. It's, it's been real for a couple of years now. Inflation is transitory. We're just remaking all the rules of economics these days. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, there. What was the other one? Uh, the other law of economics that we that we said wasn't true. Um, oh, recession. Like the textbook definition of recession is what two quarters consecutively or more that are of GDP decline. Declining. Yeah. yeah. And suddenly that's actually not true. Yeah. <laughs> suddenly that's not the definition. There's, there's so. now other measures uh, <laughs> yeah. to determine what a recession oh, is. Oh man. Look, Who knows? Yeah. I mean, we're, kind of... thankfully we're fortunate enough to be able to not be too affected by all of that. But uh, well, there's my a lot brain of people is. that are hurting. My brain is. I, uh, I studied economics in college. That was my forte. And uh, I feel like my, you know, professors, if they've got any sense, they especially my hard, hard line professors who were like by the book type people, you know, case study people. I mean, they've got to be reaming their heads against the wall. You know, it's like, I don't know how, how people can just sort of like change. I don't know, change course so quickly. Anyway, off topic. Um, so when you went to college, 
to, you know, multiple sport athlete, always, you know, always training, growing, getting an injury, having surgery, going through all of that, you know, setbacks, changing courses, whatever, starting to run more, you know, senior year, getting to college, playing lacrosse. Was it the only sport you played in college? And how did, did you play for Miami of Ohio or did you yeah. play club? No, I, well, it was club because we didn't have a varsity team. Yeah, but uh, it's but competitive, it was right? Those, super, super competitive Yeah, club. those big schools, it's really competitive. Yeah, Miami is 16,000 undergrad and, you know, it's in Ohio, um, which is a good lacrosse state and mm-hmm. was back then too. You know, back then in <laughs> like the turn of the century. Yeah. Well, I graduated high school in 2000. I know. It's so weird. So yeah. It's so weird to like think about these things. This is 23 years ago at yeah. this point. The East Coast was the lacrosse hotbed. Yeah. And then there was Ohio and parts of Michigan and Denver and the suburbs around there. Yeah, for that's really reason. it. Yeah. And that was really it. Yeah. Yeah. But Ohio was good at lacrosse back then. And so there were a lot of kids that went to Miami that played lacrosse at a high level in high school. Yeah. And wanted to carry on. For whatever reason, did not go and play varsity somewhere else. Either maybe they weren't quite good enough or they just didn't. We had one guy. We had one guy who had a full ride to Duke and Hofstra. For lacrosse. For lacrosse. Chose not to. But he was from Ohio and didn't Uh, want to leave the state. And I mean, I don't the fact that he didn't go to Duke and get like a high (laughs) quality education and play division one lacrosse is beyond me, but well, he, had like, he had like a 95 mile an hour shot. He was an attack. Oh, yeah. I will say though, I was a person who wanted to focus on soccer and go D one. And then when I went on college visits and realized what D one was all about, yeah, I decided against it. And yeah. Maybe I, he just didn't want I that. I pulled intensity. my commitment. Yeah. Cause yeah. it's just, it's aggressive. You, you, you're, you work for them. You, well, you don't I, have absolutely like and then our, like I played D3 two sports and it was kind of the same thing because I would have two sports every season right like yeah. I didn't have an off season I had like a week over Christmas where I didn't have to like do sports yeah um but and it, I knew some I knew some football players in Miami and I mean Ben Roethlisberger lived down the yeah. hall from me freshman year of college we were we were the same year and you know he's hall of fame quarterback or soon to be yeah we were top 10 in the country my senior year those guys, you never saw them mm-hmm. because they just lived, you know, breathed mm-hmm. and everything football, everything football. And if they weren't yeah. in football, they were in study table and all of that. Mm-hmm. Well, um, exactly. I mean, so. I think I had like three different places you could find me at school is either in the gym working out because I used to do like four workouts a day, which was disgusting, but it's just my life whether it was practice or, you know, lifting or cardio or just whatever I was deciding to do in the gym. It's called the BCLC. Um, So yeah, I was there um, eating, right? Like in an eatery or studying either in class or in the library. Like I I was never in my room. I was never like out. And if I was out, it was like, let's go hard for like an hour or two. And then I'm I'm done. I have to get up at 6 a.m. or 5 a.m. or whatever. And I had my whole college career, start to finish, first semester to last semester, I had 8 a.m. classes like every day of the week. Which is the worst. That, oh, I that loved was, it. That was the dreaded <laughs> I for loved me. It. 8 a.m. was the I earliest was the, class time. That was the best. I was well, done you know, with I'm, class by like noon. I am noon. not a morning person. So uh, anything before 10 a.m. was like terrible. Yeah. For me. <laughs> Especially if it was like calculus yeah or, oh calc uh, was terrible oh my god you know, it was some so hard high for me. level accounting class I yeah. sequence in a 
Olympics. Um, but no, so I, yes, I played club lacrosse, uh, but we, we went to the club national final four two yeah. out of my four years there. That's, I mean, we could have beaten a lot of D3 yeah. teams. Of course. Um, it is, I mean, it is, my older sister played club uh, softball at Maryland for a yeah, while. Yeah. And it was competitive. And, so, and we had, as I alluded it's to It's funny earlier, how they call it clubs. It makes it seem like just like, oh, hobby bobby, you know, like, let's just and, and, fuck and around. And some schools, it probably is. Yeah. It depends on the sport and the school I just and feel all like it that. should have a different name, like a different league name. Yeah. But, I mean, we had fall ball. Um, where it's a spring sport. So we would actually have scrimmages in the fall and practices as a team a couple of yeah. days a week. And then in the spring, you know, you're from February until beginning of May, May when yeah. we got out of school, you're playing lacrosse like four or five days a week, whether it's games or practice. And there's coaches. We had a coach and an assistant yeah. coach. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, so it was, it was very competitive stuff, but you didn't have the same commitment that you did as a D one, two, three varsity athlete. Well, of course. I so mean, there's I, the that, GPA that commitment. The only, that like was the only reason I holding had up your scholarship. Like, yeah. That was the only yeah. reason I had the time to, you know, be in a fraternity for yeah. three years and to have a dog, um, for three years yeah. in college and, you know, occasionally go to class. <laughs> I, as I got famous as story, I tell this all that I'm like your dad with this, uh, this one, I tried to skip class once and called my mom on my way to class. And she was, she was like, what, what are you doing? I said, well, I was skipping class. And she's like, why? I'm like, I just, I don't know. I just decided I wanted to try to not go. And she's like, okay, well, that sounds stupid. So are you going? I'm like, yeah, I'm on my way. I'm just going to be like 15 minutes late. <laughs> She's like, okay, talk to you later. Like, bye. <laughs> and that wasn't even until like my junior year, or like my yeah, like end is my sophomore year. Like it wasn't even right away. Was like, okay. I'm, I'm ashamed to say that my so I pledged my fraternity second semester freshman year. Yeah, that semester and my entire sophomore year, I probably went to less than half of my classes. Oh, that's so bad. Which is. Just horrible. Yeah, it's so yeah. bad. And then my GPA Don't slipped. tell our son that. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then my GPA slipped and junior and senior year, I actually had to focus. Yeah, go to, to get, class. To actually get into the business school junior, senior year, you had to have at least a 3.0 GPA. Yeah. Uh, and I was a finance major with yeah. a, oh, that's a tough. accounting thematic sequence. So, um, yeah, so I had to actually like bear down. But I always told myself when I was slacking off in college, like when I get to the real world yeah. after, after school, yeah. I will put my head down and yeah. actually work hard. And I've been doing that for the last 19 years. Yeah. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. yeah. It's so weird to think about stuff like that. Yeah. Like how long it's been. Um, well, so when you finished college, I know you went to um, the city pretty quickly. The city being New York City. Well, there is no other city. So fair point. <laughs> Any anyone listening, if you don't know what the city is, knowing that we live in New Jersey right now, um, yeah, you should probably just Google it. Just Google what is the city. I'm sure it will say New York City. Um, but you went like pretty pretty quickly. Did were you right, playing? Right after in, I graduated, yeah. Were you playing in um, like adult lacrosse leagues or no. were, you, were you running casually? Were you running, going to the gym? Like, running. I, I had become a runner at that point um, to, you know, just get exercise. Shape. of. You know, 
I, I probably in my early twenties didn't need to do that to, you know, be physically fit. Yeah. But well, because you always have the genes of uh, being tall and thin, so yeah. And and now I clearly need to run and work out so in order to keep. Also, that. folks listening, I bust him all the time. On when we first met, I thought he was too skinny. Uh, he went up to get me a drink at the bar we first met, and I was like, you know, very attracted to him. Knew that you know this is going to be a thing. Pretty sure he knew it too, and. So he goes up to get me a drink and I just, you know, turned around like, hello, got to check him out from the back. And I was like, oh man, like, I really like him, but like, he is so skinny. <laughs> he is so like, well, that's so what I, skinny. That's when I started ultramarathon. <laughs> I was, I mean, we talked about this before. Yeah. I was literally like, oh my God, like there's like no butt, you know, he's got like, oh, come like, on, I had a butt. But it was only because you had this like massive lordosis in your low back because you were so skinny. How was lordosis? <laughs> it's like a arch. Um, you know, you you stand like that. We talk about. I'm always yeah, like, pull yeah, your yeah. belly button in. Yeah, okay. You know? yeah. Um, but no, and you were wearing like a super tight long sleeve shirt on that first night we met, and like okay. skinny jeans. <laughs> I was just I think like, at that time of my life, oh yeah, my I mean, god, I had like no body. It was just very funny. Yeah. I was like, I, and you had a baby face, no facial hair. True. True. Now I have the beard, full beard. Yeah. Yeah. It was. It was. Just, it was very funny, and it's funny because now, I mean, you know, you're I'm like twenty pounds. Heavy. Well, but you're dealing with me in a second pregnancy, so it's just like, oh, great! I met this this girl who I thought was hot. Now she just keeps gaining weight, losing weight, gaining weight, oh, losing on. weight. Well, but the funny thing For is. A purpose. But you, but you don't want to gain like dad weight, right? No. So you're like, what the fuck? Like, I can't be gaining all this weight. I don't want bread with dinner. And meanwhile, I'm like, I don't know, you look pretty good. <laughs> and I feel good. But the thing is, and we've, we've spoken about this before. I think it's so funny. So when I started doing the ultra marathons back yeah. in early 2019 I, I started running yeah uh like long distance i lost a lot of weight well, of course yeah and so i was only like 165 pounds <laughs> now i'm like between 180 185 and, and that's around my normal weight yeah um so but i, I wasn't like rail fit i had muscle on me but well, just totally. no body fat yeah but you were just i mean in my opinion of who i thought you were and were going to look like in person from your you know, stuff that you were doing, like athletics and lacrosse right. and, you know, all this stuff, you literally wore, like, a skin-tight outfit. Well, so, and I was just like, holy fuck, yeah. you're so skinny. Yeah, that, I mean, and it was, wasn't a bad thing. That it, was was, a, it was definitely, like, a shock, like, whoa. So that was, that was just poor fashion sense at that point <laughs> in my life, I think. I was just uh, like, head know, to toe, skin-tight. You even had Chuck Taylors on. I was proud of the fact that I had no body fat. Of course. Um, I mean, hey, you got me, so it worked. But, but the thing <laughs> is, so the, the reason why I like fight so hard now so is because funny. I lost that weight. And then my, I was always a medium. Yeah. Know, the regular build. Um, I had to start wearing small. Oh, right, right. Because my mediums were we'll like swimming on yeah. me. And so then I bought a whole new wardrobe Ugh. small. <laughs> I, I was still like a 31, 32 waist, but then like, the but tops still, yeah. were, were smalls because the mediums just fit too big. And 
then all of a sudden, like I went back to my normal <laughs> weight when the pandemic hit and I stopped doing like all of this crazy like, workouts yeah. and stuff. And all of a sudden I was like, oh shit, I need to get mediums again. I what would you do? Yeah, like, what you, you get like donated at all and stuff? I guess so. And yeah. I, some of it was old and I just didn't want to wear it. And so then yeah. I had to like buy a, oh my a God. new wardrobe again. Yeah. Uh, so, well, that's, a, I mean, to it's a, it's a, it's a, stick an inspiration with the theme. not to motivation, I should say, not to get skinny, get large, <laughs> <That's 'cause laughs> not to go skinny, not to revert, no old ways. Uh, no, it's funny though. Cause those are like common struggles of an athlete. Like as a woman, it's always hard to find clothes that fit an athletic body, like truly fit. And like they're yeah. literally jeans, like denim companies that are made for like CrossFit women. Yeah. Because you just have a different body. Like regular clothes don't fit. Well, and, and hockey players. Yeah, same thing. They have thick. these huge, thick yeah. legs. And their upper bodies are they typically normal Jenko size. jeans. I, yeah. I know a lot of <laughs> NHL guys have to get specially tailored pants. Yeah, I wouldn't doubt because it. Because their thighs are just too big relative for, to their waist. Yeah, for normal yeah. normal clothes. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a weird, yeah, it's a weird thing. And for it's for men, it's for women, it's for... Like, I mean, you know, Jimmy, Jimmy was my first guest on the podcast. He and I have spoken a lot. He was a wrestler. We've spoken a lot. Like yeah. that culture is crazy. You need two wardrobes. You have like a super skinny anorexic period. And then you have like a normal weight period. And so it's yeah, like I drop weight, gain weight, drop weight, gain weight. Like I don't understand any of the fighters, so wrestlers, boxers, MMA. There's so much to Those it. guys yo-yoing their weight. Yeah, it's you know, crazy. Anything that you need to make a certain weight class and what they go through to get down to that. And then they yeah. might gain 15, 20 pounds After. overnight. Yeah. Eating. Just yeah. like recovering. They dehydrate their bodies. Yeah. And they or even, um, even uh, bodybuilders. Same thing. Bodybuilders. Oh, absolutely. Like when they eat their meal, like after shows, you know, after competition, same thing. And your body can like go into shock. Yeah. Like I, remember, kind of I remember seeing an interview it's with crazy. Lou Ferrigna, uh, you know, the Incredible yeah. Hulk. And he was like a multiple time Mr. Olympia. Mm -hmm. He was always... Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger's mm -hmm. rival when he was in the Mr. Olympia mm -hmm. stuff. He said that he would always have a cheat day yep. once a month. And he would eat once a an, month. Once a month. Oh my God. And he would eat an entire tub of ice cream. And then get so sick. And just not yeah. want it anymore after that. Oh yeah. my God. Yeah. So it's not, not a healthy existence. No. Well, but people do it, right? They make a, whether it's a, you know, lifelong dream or commitment or a dare. Yeah, or look, it's better than sitting five, on the couch. All exactly. Day and, like five you know, years of eating. your life that you're dedicated, but yeah, it's just any, anything to the extreme. We've talked about this for anything to the extreme yeah. is a lot. And I struggle on that, you know, realm, not me personally. I've never, I've always been very balanced in terms of like, you know, my likes and my interests. And I mean, you see how I, you know, exercise and lead my life. Like if I stay up really late one night, the next night I'm like exhausted and I'm like, yep, yeah. going to bed at nine 30 or I'm on asleep on the couch. The next night we go to watch the show and Just I'm like, resting your eyes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, wait, we watched this. You're like, Oh, come on. You were sleeping the whole time. And I'm we've like, got to go back until you finally recognize something. And sometimes yeah. it's 30 minutes. Literally. Minutes. Yeah. Yeah. So, so then I go on Instagram or browse <laughs> exactly. the internet while, or whatever I'm, while you're catching up. While I'm catching up. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but it's, you know, it's just a, a lifestyle 
trait, I think, that I it was instilled in me when I was younger because my parents were never folks of um, restriction. And we've talked about this before in terms of like, you can't have this or this is going to happen to you if you do that or whatever. There was never really like threats of anything or fear of like, if I eat ice cream, like I'm going to get sick or I can't have sugar. Or We like, just didn't have ice cream in the house. My mom was a health food nut. But that's, so what, we, that's what I'm we, saying. Yeah, we didn't have that temptation. There wasn't restriction in that realm yeah. though. It was like, if my mom saw, you know, Turkey Hill on sale, she was going to buy it because like, what if the kids want some ice cream or like, what if, you know, I want, or my husband or someone wants a bowl of ice cream. Yeah. That was the opposite but, of us. But it's like what she didn't account for is that <laughs> my sister, my one sister and I would literally every single night, especially high school, eat, you know, obviously a massive dinner after coming home from sports, you know, games, practice, whatever it was. Sometimes we'd work out again when we got home just for, you know, the extra fitness of it. We had a treadmill and everything. And then, and I when, I'm, when I say eat a massive meal, we had salad before dinner every night. Every single meal we had had protein, vegetables, and starch every meal. When we had hamburgers or cheeseburgers, we would have two cheeseburgers uh, each, you know, and, and plus the salad, plus a side, plus a vegetable. Um, I, you know, as you know, I love baked beans. So I would literally get a side, beans, <laughs> I would literally get a side plate for my beans. So like my burgers Oops. would be on my dinner plate with the vegetable or fries, like whatever it is. And then I'd have a, literally a side plate, um, for my, it was like a soup. Oh, so gross. Like a soup of baked beans. Yeah. I don't trust you. And then, come in a can. <laughs> well, and then we'd have a giant bowl of ice cream, like five or six scoops with like toppings and like shit all over it. And just go up to the Sega room. It was your office for a temporary period. It sure was. Um, and and eat it and watch, you know, whatever TV we were watching for 30 minutes. And then we'd be, you know, told lights out, go study, do your homework, whatever. And and that was it. But it was literally every single night. Like, remember, was it last week? We stopped at the local ice cream shop and I got three scoops. And the kid, like, gave me a little extra, I think, because he saw I was pregnant. Yeah. And it was for all of us to eat. It wasn't just for me to just like sit there and scoop out. Like you had a little bit, Sienna had a little bit. I didn't intend to finish it, but I did. That's the only ice cream I've had in like well, six I, weeks. That's you what know, I said, like, like an hour ago. Yeah, like a month. You're not just. I mean, it was chowing down on ice cream. Delicious. Like it was fucking great. It was so good. But like. Okay, I didn't even have dinner that night. Remember, you That's you were true. like, yeah, <laughs> you were like, what are we gonna have for dinner? I was like, uh, well, I just ate my dinner. Yeah, I was like, I don't really think I want. You're on your own. Dinner. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. So just things like that, right? Like balance. I didn't intend for what was it, four thirty p.m. ice cream to be my dinner, but well. For fuck's sake, that's what happened. Here we so are. exactly, we we moved on into that realm. On the topic of balance, though, what we were chatting about before we went down that road. When you moved to the city, you were running, you were going to a gym. I think you had a gym membership, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and you were in like the corporate structure, so you had corporate benefits and you know the lifestyle of going to work for nine hours a day. <laughs> I don't know, uh, how, I don't know how much you had to work in the first couple of years. The first couple of years, I mean, the, I think it was 2007. So I had probably been there for like two or three years at that point. I worked for Marsh Insurance Brokerage. I was working at least 80 hours a week. Yeah. And it was like so, long days. like I banker hours. Long nights. Yeah. yeah. Lots thankfully, of drinking and going Thankfully, out. I was getting paid <laughs> OT. 
uh, we just oh, that's to nice. fill out timesheets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was really weird. And it was all because of, I don't know if you remember the name Elliot Spitzer. He was mm-hmm. the former attorney general of New York State. Mm-hmm. There was um, a whole scandal involving Marsh and what's called bid rigging. Oh, really? I'm not going to get into that yeah. and what that means, but they but were the whole doing thing. something that was against the law. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they were caught and and i think most insurance brokerages were doing that yeah but for some reason they were caught i can't remember what ultimately led to it i was still in college actually when the whole thing went down and i thought i wasn't gonna have a job after that oh my god i had already gotten my offer full-time after my internship and then the stock price fell off a cliff yeah it went from 45 dollars to 10 dollars overnight and people are getting laid off left right and center Anyway, and there was a billion dollar fine. Yeah. And this was almost 20 years ago. So that was a lot of money, especially for an insurance brokerage whose annual revenue was maybe 12, 13 billion dollars a year. Um, Marsh reached a settlement with the attorney general. And one of the terms of the settlement was people needed to fill out timesheets and let their clients know what they were working on, what they were doing, when. It was kind of like, you know, being a lawyer yeah. or an accountant. Um, and so I was filling out timesheets. And once I hit, I don't know if it was 37 and a half or 40 hours. Yeah, because okay. I was, yeah. And it was because I wasn't an officer of the company at that point. So I didn't mind working 80, yeah. 85 hours a week. But yeah, I was working long hours. Yeah. I definitely put in my time. Well, so with that, speaking of balance, right? It doesn't really lend for a life of balance. Uh, but still seemed pretty well-rounded. I mean, you know, you stayed an athlete, you stayed running, you stayed fit, you know? Yeah. So I I was, I was a runner, you know, I went, I went to the gym when I could. Um, I did a triathlon, I did the New York city triathlon. But when you could, like, what does that mean? Like twice a week, only on the weekends? You know, my gym memberships came and went. I did New York sports club for a while. I can't remember. I, there was another one that I did, not Equinox. Um, Sports Club LA, Reebok. I, I can't remember. Yeah. Um, but mostly it was running outside and maybe I had weights in the apartment and stuff. Okay. So I was doing that, but I wasn't doing any organized. Well, I, I say I wasn't doing any organized sports. I didn't remember Zog Sports. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you did those like sports. Yeah. yeah, it was it was co-ed and football mm-hmm. and basketball. I did some, yeah. Yeah, it was fun. Mm-hmm. It was social. I was you know, say, it was it, a good it, way to meet people. It was competitive, yeah. uh, especially the football. Mm-hmm. If you got a good team together, we really went all out. But then you'd go out drinking afterwards mm-hmm. as a team. So I did that, um, but it was more social. I wasn't no, I wasn't playing in a men's league yeah. lacrosse. And so actually, I was 30 years old when I moved to Bermuda full time to take a, a job opportunity there which was too good to pass up and it was yeah. an adventure. And I didn't start playing lacrosse competitively again until I got there. So I had not really picked up a lacrosse stick since college, 21 yeah. years old. Did you like a 10 year? So it was the race. same league that you're playing in now, like the pickup, same guys, same stuff. Yep. Yep. So I, I met a guy, my first year there who was a a u.s college lacrosse player 
He was probably 10 years older than me. Also, really quick aside, y'all, I'm sorry if you can hear me fumbling wrappers over here. The, um, the uh, what are these called? Hershey Kisses sitting next to me got to me. So I've downed three of them. I'm on the fourth. So I'm sorry for the wrappers, but just in case you hear it, it's me opening and closing Hershey Kisses. Okay, so you met a guy who... So I met this guy who was a U.S. college lacrosse player. He'd been there for a number of years. He said, we've got these pickup games that we play every Thursday night in a basketball gym. I had never played indoor lacrosse, but you basically just play with a racquetball, not a hard mm -hmm. rubber lacrosse But ball. it's the same game otherwise. It's the same game otherwise. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we Are all... you allowed to use the walls for like ricochet shots or no? You would never ricochet shots. That's... It's the walls are too far away to actually What's, get yeah, that's what goal. I'm it's, it's a goal. It's yeah. a hockey goal when you play indoor, so it's a lot smaller. Okay, a field, so it is a little different. A field lacrosse goal is six feet by six feet square. A uh, hockey goal is I don't know three feet by two feet, something like that. Yeah, two and a half feet. So it's it's Tiny. a lot. It's a lot smaller. Yeah, and the walls are Super far fifty away. feet away. Yeah, so you would never actually ricochet shots. Um, but anyway, I, I went out and played that. It was a lot of fun. And I think I scored six goals my first night there. Not that it's super competitive or anything like that. That makes but you they, feel good. Yeah. They knew that I was good. And I was playing with my college stick that was 10 years old. And at that point, I had Brooklyn, yeah. my yellow lab, who was two. And she had been living in Bermuda with me. Chew it. <laughs> no, I would take her down to the oh, beach right, and I would right, throw right. tennis balls to her right. at the beach into the ocean. And she would run and jump through the waves yeah. and bring them back. So the stick is like caked in sand. <laughs> yeah. It's there was no weathered. There was no pocket in yeah, it. Weathered, yeah. So even with that shitty stick, I was still pretty good. And I hadn't picked up a stick in 10 years. I was athletic and good shape and everything. And so they said, you should... You know, after a couple of sessions and motivated. of that, motivated said, you should try team. out for the, the national team yeah. the next time we do it. And when I say the national team, it's not like there's a standing national lacrosse team in Bermuda that is practicing together all the time. They form a team every four years uh, for the world championships, which is just like the soccer world cup. But it's not like in, in between the world championships there's a league there's yeah. a league and they're practicing all the time half our team at least were kids who were playing collegiately in the u.s in fact in israel in 2018 we had five kids that were playing high school in the u.s hmm. they were 18 years old that's cool i was yeah. 35 going on 36 years old so we didn't have an opportunity to get together and practice as a team all the time so that was something that was just you know, every couple of years you would do that. Yeah. And it was a great opportunity to do it. I was, you know, lucky enough well, to I was gonna make say, the team for two world championships. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, you can't belittle that, right? Like that's still no. like, regardless of how small the country is, regardless of how, like you said, like little organization there is to the organization of the national team. Like it's pretty fucking cool. Yeah. And, and, <laughs> and we didn't do poorly at, yeah. at either in 2014, it was in Denver in 2018 in Israel. I think in Denver, we came in 24th out of 40 teams. About. Yeah. I mean, like you got and we were by far the smallest country in the mm -hmm. whole thing. And we were the only ones that never really had an opportunity to practice as a team. You know, when kids were on college break, they'd come down to Bermuda and we'd organize practices. But other than that, yeah, that's really it. nothing. And then in Israel, I think we came in 
I don't know, somewhere around 30th out of 50 teams. Something and like what that. qualifies you to be eligible for the national team? Like you have to, you obviously don't have to be a, you have a, a to, national, like you, you can have be a resident. To, you or... have to be a resident for sure. So if, unless you are a Bermudian uh, citizen, you have to be a resident of Bermuda for, I think at least a year or two years, something like that, mm-hmm. which I was. And that was it. Um, because lacrosse is a growing sport internationally in particular. There's not a whole lot of restriction there's on that. Not, yeah, it's, it's changing now. I think I got into that window and going forward, they're changing the rules mm. and you, they're going to become more strict and you are going to have to be a citizen or you know, a permanent resident or something like that. Yeah, I have some kind of like blood you lineage just, or something. Yeah, you can't just be a, an expat worker yeah. there. We had kids who also, you know, the, so the U.S. college kids, even if they weren't Bermudian, some of them had a Bermudian grandmother. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. Exactly. Yeah, we had a kid who yeah. played for Syracuse, which is, you know, one of the top U.S. college yeah. cross programs. And his grandmother was Bermudian and he was our star player. Yeah. So, Which is cool. I mean, yeah. it's like an awesome opportunity. Absolutely. I mean, a great that, way to shine too, you know? Well, it, it was an, it was an cool. incredible opportunity to be able to rub elbows yeah. with like the U.S. and Canadian national teams, yeah. which I would never sniff the U.S. national yeah. team. I mean, come on. Not not on my best day could I ever run with those guys. Yeah, that's so, cool. Yeah, it's really but cool. But to be in the same arena know, with them, yeah. Championship and then when we were playing them, we played Puerto Rico in 2018, which yeah. was, I think they finished sixth or seventh. Oh, they, they beat us 18 wow. to three. I wouldn't expect. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It doesn't sound like a lacrosse they, country to me, but that's well, cool. they were all American kids. Ah. Yeah. I was, I was lining up next to a guy at a face off and he said, so are all you guys from Bermuda? <laughs> and I said, well, we all either live there or we are Bermudian. Yeah. And he goes, oh, wow. No, not us. We all live in Long Island. <laughs> and they just have like, rel- like same but thing, as long like as, lineage. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. As long as you have a Puerto Rican grandma, yeah, you can you're eligible play for there. the team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's interesting. Mean, but, you know, but all of that is changing now. And, and I think lacrosse is actually going to be an Olympic sport in yeah. 2026. Yeah, I think you're right about that. The Olympic sports have changed a lot. <laughs> Over the years, to say the least, like wrestling, like wasn't that like the original Olympic sport is out? Like yeah. there's just certain things where I'm like, what? That, which boggles my I mean, mind. Me too. There's like, and then you have trampoline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or even table tennis. Like table, table tennis, tennis, fine. There's like, there's a certain level of skill, and it does get really competitive and crazy. And those guys stand like ten feet behind the table. But like wrestling, you take wrestling out, like yeah. it's insane. That's so crazy. Or softball. Softball was like one of the ones that was like in and out. Like that's a legit sport i know you know like, being, being a bitter american i always complain that they're adding sports so the chinese can get additional gold medals <laughs> the trampoline and table tennis and every kind of platform diving you can imagine yeah i know all of those precision sports that the chinese are so good so at good at yeah they well, win all these gold medals in those sports and then the u.s are winning swimming yeah. and, you know every gold medal in basketball swimming, basketball yeah. track and field all of the cool sports in my opinion yeah and, and China gets a gold medal in table tennis. Yeah, well, yeah, but then the medal counts, right? So it's like, or like gymnastics. Gymnastics is always like China, U.S., you know, we used to Russia. be Russia. Well, used yeah. to be Russia. <laughs> They've had some issues. Um, Romania was really good. Yeah. Um, you know, so, but it's just funny because every sport has like certain countries who are really good. And so when you say Puerto Rico, I'm like, 
movie. That doesn't sound like a lacrosse country, but no, they're all American. Yeah, to your point, they, they had not... four professional lacrosse players on that team. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, it's good, good for them, good for their recruiting, and you know, just people wanting to stay true to their roots and stuff. That's it's cool, you know, it's a cool yeah. I mean, the fact concept. That, the fact that we put up three goals on <laughs> yeah. that is pretty cool. And, I mean, there you go. It is. Um, so okay, so you had this pinnacle of these, you know super lacrosse world championship experiences, which again, I just find like so awesome. What was your favorite part about those experiences? And if there's one from 2014 and one from 2018, fine. Or if there's just one thing that you like really hold with you, fine. From 2014, the coolest thing by far to me was the opening ceremonies, which was kind of like the opening ceremonies of the Olympic games, obviously on a much smaller scale, but yeah. we're in a professional stadium and because it's Denver, Colorado, I was going to say where, okay. Where Denver, lacrosse yeah. is big there. Are, I mean, we, we met American kids who had driven with their parents from Texas hmm. to come and watch this thing. And I was signing autographs. Yeah, that's cool. I'm an insurance executive <laughs> and I'm signing autographs for lacrosse. They didn't know that yeah. I wasn't a very good lacrosse player. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but so you come in and they're playing the national anthem for your country. And, you know, we were all dressed in the Bermuda shorts with the high socks <laughs> and the blue That's blazers. Awesome. Yeah. yeah, we all had matching red shorts. So it was it was really cool. You walk onto the field and waving to everybody in the stands and stuff. That was by far the coolest experience. Yeah, playing the game is obviously awesome as well. But that was just so Is surreal. that the most people you've ever played in front of at those experiences or no? Yeah. Um, well, in high school, we played a game under the lights against Ward Melville, which was huge. They were the number one team in the nation for two years in a row. Yeah. My senior year, we played them under the lights out there in Long Island, and there was at least a thousand people there. For most of our games in the worlds, there you know, was probably a hundred people there. Mm. Um, you know, we weren't trying big crowds because there were big games everywhere. Yeah. Um, so like a complex type thing. Yeah, exactly. There were 10 games going on at the same time, or at least five games. So we weren't the ones drawing the crowd. Yeah. So we weren't playing in front of big crowds there, but there was at least 10,000 people in the stands for the opening ceremonies. And so we weren't actually playing lacrosse. But point, still, but yeah, all the people. So, yeah. So that was awesome. Um, and then. Yeah, I mean, playing in the games, we, we had a couple of games that were televised on ESPN Plus. Yeah. And they had announcers and everything. That's cool. We yeah. We played Mexico both 2014 and 2018, and both of those games were on ESPN Plus. And playing against Wales, Puerto Rico. Um, in fact, in, in one of those games, I remember going back and I, I had a good game. Uh, I think it was against Mexico in 2018. And I had a couple of big hits that they caught a couple of them. They called me for unnecessary roughness and I <laughs> two minutes in the box, uh, which was total BS. Yeah. But I laid <laughs> Spoken a couple like of guys a out. So I, wanted yeah. to, so I wanted to go back after the game and, and look Watch at the, the yeah. feed. And I caught the announcer saying something after I laid this guy out. He was like, oh, yeah, J.J. Sauer. He was a, a star at Derek oh, High School how funny back is in that? the day. They had, that's what I knew that they had no idea what the hell they were talking about. Cause I was not a star yeah. <laughs> in high school by any stretch of the imagination. That's funny. Yeah. It's funny. They like know where you grow up though. Uh, but it was cool. Uh, yeah. And you know, professional announcers, you know, 
yeah. like games and stuff. Yeah, it is cool. Yeah. And it, well, it's funny because we always talk about like those kind of stats and those things that you know about people. Like anytime we're watching professional sports or even college sports and you come out with these like doozies about people like how the fuck do you know this shit you can't remember where we store the peeler for the potatoes but you remember where this guy grew up and then he played six other sports and he got injured when he was 14 like, how the fuck do you know this six one two thirty two <laughs> ran a like, 4.4740 at the what nfl what the combine. f yeah. yeah but then we so go that stuff the, just sticks into my head I, but I then know. we go in the kitchen and it's like you know hey do we have milk? It's like, open the fucking fridge. Take a look. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or, hey, babe, I forget. Where where do we keep those those cups? What cups? <laughs> I get confused going back and forth. Oh, yeah. Jersey and oh, Bermuda. Yeah. And I gotta know uh, where things are here, where uh, things are there. Uh-huh. Okay. How long that's been in the fridge. How long that's been in the fridge. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Whatever, whatever the excuses are, we'll, we'll let it slide. Um, okay, so very cool tidbit too. You, you, you touched on it before, but you ran an ultra marathon, which was like one of the big things we clicked on when we first met was distance running because it takes a special kind of character to want to be by yourself and in your head and all fucked up for that long. Yeah. <laughs> so when you said that you like to run long distances – we first started talking, I, you know, as someone who's run ultra marathons and coached, you know, many marathons. And when I coach marathons, I'm running an ultra marathon. It's just like, it takes a, a, a special way to tick, if you will, to have the desire to do it, to actually train for it. And then thirdly, to stay healthy enough to, to do it, right. To complete it and actually complete it and enjoy it and have fun, you know? Um, so when you had all of those experiences, you're like, yeah, I just decided to do it. I trained. I trained myself. Um, I did it. I had fun. It was it was a great time. I almost won. My mom was like, you know, oh my god, you did it. You're alive. And you're like, yeah, let's let's walk out of here and like go get food. All of those things are, you know, we had in common and had a lot to talk about. But what for our listeners, what was your inspiration to do it? Was it something you always wanted to do? No. Did you God, enjoy no. the training? Like all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, good question. So I was basically on uh, an athletic high going from one thing to the next. Mm-hmm. So you the, the boxing thing. The, so the World Games for lacrosse uh, the second time around was the summer of 2018. Did that, got into the best shape of my life. Uh, I was going to the gym like, six or seven days a week yeah you know watching what i ate i would be in the gym for two hours at a time i'd be running everything so i was in the best shape of my life coming out of that at the end of the summer and then i did this boxing thing which was just a charity boxing event which you know there was probably a thousand fans there at this gym in bermuda and it was really cool. And so I was like, Oh, let me, you know, I'm in good shape now. Let me sign up for that. I've never boxed. Yeah. The training for that's intense, huh? Well, I thought it was, I, I didn't realize (laughs) what it was going to be to be perfectly honest. Yeah. So I thought you were just going to show up on the day and throw a bunch of haymakers and that was raise money. Yeah. Raise money. No, you were assigned to a gym and (laughs) you had to go there four days a week. For an hour and a half, two hours at a time, 
and put in the work. You yeah. do the bag class, you do sparring, you get I hated you know, sparring. personal instruction. Yeah. It was intense and it was, I mean, it was a great exercise and good camaraderie with the other guys you were doing it with and the coaches were great, Yeah, but it was, it was tough. Absolutely. And I, I learned how to box. I, I didn't become a good boxer. I mean, I, I lost. No, but they're good life but, skills though, too. Yeah. I, the, the one thing that I didn't know was to keep your hands in front of your face at 24 all times, seven. unless you're throwing a punch. Yeah. And then when you actually fought, that did not happen. That did not happen. <laughs> well, I grew up watching Roy Jones Jr. and guys like that yeah. who did not have the textbook yeah. form, but they were really professional strong boxers and, good. Yeah, and yeah. really good. And they were not the good examples textbook to watch. So, yeah. well, I don't talk about this a lot on the podcast, but I, I had uh, quite a bit of training in boxing when I lived in Miami. I actually worked for a boxing gym and you know trained with some professional fighters and you know, when he saw fights and all this kind of stuff. And so when JJ and I were first talking about this and he's like, yeah, I just thought you like signed up and showed up, but then they like wanted me to train. I was like, Oh fuck. That's a, <laughs> that's a rude awakening, <laughs> especially like with the schedule, you know, that you lead, like you work a lot, you know, and want to do your own go, workouts. I would go straight from work to there yeah. six o'clock at night and not get out of there until yeah long days and having a dog and having responsibilities yeah Yeah. and there were probably three or four other guys that were training in that same gym as me and they were doing the same thing um and it was you know it was it was tough work not something that i would probably repeat anytime soon but it was it was cool it was a really good experience and some of the guys that i was sparring with in that gym who were in different weight classes they, they were big guys yeah they were a couple of inches tall you guys wore me. headgear in the actual event yeah yeah, yeah we had to. okay yeah so both both in training and the actual well yeah event. training I, definitely yeah but i was yeah i was curious i forget i, I know I've, I've seen the video but i can't remember what it looked like yeah you, you did have to wear headgear but i i would get these bloody noses oh right in sparring because yeah. i'm going against guys that are you know 20, 30, 40, 50 pounds. Yeah. You also have like a sensitive nose. I never did before that. <laughs> really? This is after that. Yeah. <laughs> now when I run, my, my left nostril after like 20 minutes yeah. of running starts to run a yeah. little bit. And it's, it started that. Yeah. This one uh, big guy who was like 230 pounds you, yeah. would constantly open that up when we were sparring. And so when I got to the main event, there That's were, what happened. There right? were a lot of haymakers thrown, actually. All of my training, unfortunately, went yeah. out the window. I was <laughs> I was well trained and the guy came after me right at the, the opening yeah. bell. He just, just like started lost. throwing punches <laughs> and I just lost him. He was ten years younger than me. He was an Irish guy. He had tattoos all over his torso. Uh-huh. And he had boxed before. And he was very aggressive. So then I wanted to be aggressive. Yeah. I was like, well, the, the crowd, Fuck it. Yeah. You know, let's give them what they want. <laughs> yeah. Some of the other matches, they were very defensive. It was like watching a Floyd Mayweather fight. Yeah. Just boring. <laughs> so we had the most entertaining fight of the night. Or at least I like to think so. Yeah. Um, and one, one of them. Bloody brawl. <laughs> but yeah, he opened up my, my recurring bloody nose and the ref stopped the fight. Yeah. Uh, so... I felt fine, but he got in a couple of good shots and that was that. So, you know, I went from the lacrosse to the boxing. And then after that, my brother-in-law gave me David Goggins' mm-hmm. first book, Can't Hurt Me. And David Goggins 
as you know, but our listeners might not know, is a former Navy SEAL, mm -hmm. one of the biggest badasses on the planet. And after he, you know, went and became a Navy SEAL, he well, he he also became an Army Ranger. Mm -hmm. I think he's the only guy in the U.S. military ever to both. Uh, do both SEAL and Ranger training. And, and he then, loves it. Yeah. Oh, he's he such a hard ass. And he's just like, give me more. And he has the All most the entertaining social media account <laughs> on the planet. But he became an ultra marathoner after his U.S. Navy Because career. obviously he would. Takes obviously a little bit would. of psycho and to do that. If you don't know who he is, look him up and you'll yeah. understand what kind of person he is. But I read his book, which was his, his first book, his autobiography. And he talks about all of the trials and tribulations that he went through in his life and how it ultimately culminated with him becoming a professional ultramarathoner. And I had never even heard, I, I guess I had heard of ultramarathons before, but I didn't really know anything about them. Yeah. And it just inspired me to say, you know what, I, I want to do that. I'd always looked, I, you know, I'd always been a runner and including a distance runner. But I never really had motivation to do a marathon. So many people do marathons and yeah. have done marathons. And it's a great accomplishment. Um, but I knew I could do it. And so it was never something that... It was I like a challenge. A challenge yeah. to me to push myself to do that. I was never a racer. I just like to run to stay in shape and clear my head after a long day of work, listen to music. But I, I looked at this as a challenge. Yeah. So I signed up for what was a, a 50K. So an ultra marathon is anything longer than an actual marathon. 50K then is the, the shortest ultra marathon. Yeah, distance, technically. 31 mm -hmm. miles. But this wasn't on flat road. It was in the mountains of North Carolina, <laughs> uh, just about 50 miles from Asheville. And you were training so in, in Bermuda. So I was training in Bermuda. Yeah. <laughs> so you had, it was 6,500 feet elevation gain. You're going up a 4,000 foot mountain and there's some ups and downs, mm -hmm. but you run up to the, the top of this peak and then you turn around and come back down another way. And the only way that I could train for that elevation in Bermuda was to run up and down this hill where there's a lighthouse, which is 300 feet above sea level. <laughs> it's the second highest point in Bermuda. Bermuda is pretty flat. Well, it's flat, but it's there's not some, like island some, flat. There's some short steep hills. No, it's not like the Cayman yeah. Islands where it's everything's not like, at sea level. Yeah, it's not. If you think of island life, and I knew this because I had been to Bermuda twice before I met JJ, but and I had gone for runs and stuff there, you know, and walked everywhere and, you know, whatever, explored. But it's not an island life where it's like beach life all the time. It's like rocky and hilly. It's yeah. very hilly. Like to get from one side of the island to the other, there's pretty big hills. And the reason they're big is because it's island life and you're not suspecting it. They're short, steep hills. Yeah, but they're there. They exist and they yeah. get you very sweaty. <laughs> but there's, very but there's no mountains. You can't simulate very mountain. well, at least, yeah. a 4,000 foot mm -hmm. mountain. So after work almost every day, I would get on my motorbike and I'd go out to Gibbs Hill Lighthouse. Yeah. And I do would repeats. go all the way down to the where it started at the road. There was this path that cut up the mm -hmm. hill all the way to the lighthouse. And it was probably about a quarter of a mile, but pretty steep incline. And I would just run up and down that hill for two hours straight yeah. <laughs> until it got dark. <laughs> and 
that's how I did my training. Did anyone ever comment that you look like a crazy person? There was no one else doing it. So there weren't like people like going there, like with their family or anything. No, it, it cut across the, the railway trail, which as you know, is an old uh, railroad track mm -hmm. that has turned into a walking and jogging path. And you know, it, it gets a fair amount of traffic, but not a ton, especially yeah. not in this section. And so it would cut across that path and I'd occasionally see people going by, but not the same people. Yeah, yeah, they, both they lanes, wouldn't yeah. see me going up and down and up and down and up and down. So I don't think anyone realized that I was doing that unless you followed me on social media or <laughs> I ever had beers with you or I worked yeah. with you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, hell, you gotta, you gotta do it somehow. Right. Like, like, yeah. I mean, some people go through a training cycle by themselves sans coach and wind up massively injured prior to race day and never even make it to the event. I know. So you, I mean, trained yourself with whatever motivation you had in a very unorthodox <laughs> circumstance to say the least. Your mom went with you, right? Cause yeah. she was like scared for you to do it by yourself. Yeah. Right. Did you go sure. together to meet you there? No, we went together. Um, they just, a real quick aside, the, so I ran up and down this lighthouse hill. The other thing that I did to train was I would do 20 mile runs at least once a week on flatter ground on the railway trail. Actually. Yeah. And I would do it. I was doing a lot. The, the race was in September. And so I was doing a lot of my intense training over the summer where like the middle of the day, really right? Really hot. And yeah. I would do it in the middle of the day. I'm not a morning person. Yeah. And I thought, you know what? I can't simulate the elevation. So I'm just simulate gonna, the hurt. <laughs> I'm gonna simulate the hurt by yeah. running in real feel, 102 degree heat, yeah. 20 miles, and you know, big time humidity in yeah. the summer in Bermuda. So I was doing that as well for my training. Uh, but yeah, when my mom found out that I was going to be doing this, she insisted on going with me because yeah. she thought I was going to kill myself. <laughs> And I, which is I, what a reasonable person yeah, thinks of had, these things. I had no experience. I mean, the longest race I had ever done, com, like competitive race I had done in my life was a 10 K. Yeah. I had run longer distances myself, you know, the 20 mile training runs, but I had never actually done a race longer than a 10 K. Yeah. I just skipped the marathon and went straight to the 50 Well, you skipped a lot of things, half marathon, marathon. <laughs> sure. So yeah, she insisted on going with me. So I flew back to. New York met up with her at the airport and we flew down to Charlotte together and I did the race. So I did the race and I had no idea what to expect in terms of how and when I would finish. Of course you didn't. <laughs> yeah, I, I tried. <laughs> I tried to do the math in my head based on my training up and down this hill. Yeah, again and again and again, but I was only doing that for two hours at a time, and so I didn't know how to actually extrapolate that across a fifty k yeah. run up and down a mountain and how steep. What was the longest run you did during your training? Twenty miles? About twenty miles, maybe twenty. More, Nothing 22. longer. I don't think longer than maybe 22. Okay. So, and, and that's a lot a, of unknown variables. So, absolutely. So that's another race. thing. So <laughs> I had to do another 10 miles on top of that. Plus the elevation. Plus all of the elevation yeah. gain. 
And so I, I told my mom, expect me maybe around seven hours for 50K up and down this mountain. And that would have been a decent result. That would have placed me in the top 50 based on the times the previous year. Yeah. And, you know, I was ambitious. You're but a competitive I was, guy. Yeah. Well, <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> I, I did it in just over five hours. Um, I think I did it in like five hours and 15 minutes, yeah. something like that. And I came in fifth overall. And she wasn't even at the finish line. Wasn't she reading a book? She was reading a book in the picnic area yeah. <laughs> about 100 yards from the finish line because she wasn't expecting me for another hour and a half, yeah. two hours. Oh, my God. And so I just walked over to her and I said, hey, mom. She goes, oh my gosh, what are you doing here? <laughs> she thought that I had gotten injured or yeah, something and, like and I had to get out. Yeah. out of the race. Yeah. Oh my God. Um, but I, I knew that I was doing really well yeah. in the race itself. I, Even though I had no experience with this stuff, I did a fair bit of reading um, to figure out the do's and don'ts of running ultra marathons. And the best advice that I got from that whole process was don't try to be a hero. If you're going up a really steep incline, just walk yeah. with long strides because mm -hmm. you're not going to go a whole lot faster running, running. Yeah. You waste we, your energy. We talk about this when we see people running in the neighborhood and yeah. they have terrible form. I mean, and anyone who knows me slow. knows that I can't avoid talking about someone's running form. Like for example, we were driving up to our Turkey trot this year and i was like oh my god that's jonna that's my sister and jj was like what where and i have terrible eyesight while driving also anyone who knows me knows this and he was like what where like i would see her and i'm like no i, I would know her stride anywhere because <laughs> she was jogging along the side of the street warming up and jj was like you you what I'm like i would know that stride at anywhere she's got the most recognizable yeah. gait and he was like uh, that's weird. Yeah, he's like, that's a very weird comment. And I was like, dude, I've been a running coach for like almost a decade and it's a half. Like, yeah. That is what I see. So to JJ's point here, we're driving or walking around the neighborhood or, you know, taking baby on a walk, the dog's on a walk, whatever it is, we're out on a jog and I can't help but make some sort of comment. And now he's, you know, making all these comments too, because he knows that that's what I look at. Like, God, that that guy would be much better off just walking. And I'm like, yes, <laughs> yes. So that's what, I, that's what I did during the race. If I was on flat ground, relatively flat, flat ground, or, you know, there were some downhills as well, I'd be running at a six, six and a half minute mile pace. Yeah. But then if I got to a 20, 30 degree incline, hiked I'd, it. I'd hike it. Yeah, it's just Absolutely. called hiking, yeah. And when you get all the way up to the top of this mountain, it was jumping from boulder to boulder. <laughs> and I thought my groin was actually going to give out because yeah. my muscles were all fatigued, yeah. fatigued and ready to pull. And you had to jump from rock to rock in a lot of these places. And so I was just kind of like taking long strides and trying oh. not to pull muscles. Did you so use, you didn't use poles? No poles. Yeah. No, no, there were people that were less competitive. They were using poles, but none of the top runners were yeah. using poles. But so I knew when I was getting to the top of the mountain, you had to turn around and over that boulder bit, 
you had to go down the same way you came up. There was no other way down. And then once you got to the certain, this certain checkpoint, you changed your shoes and socks if you wanted to, and then you carried on a different way than where you came up. But this top bit, you went down the same way you went up to the summit. And I knew from the people that were coming down, I had seen them before and I knew how many people had passed me by the time I got to the summit. And I was in fifth place at that point. And then it was just trying to hold on. At one point I dropped down to 10th, I think. And then I started passing people the last five to 10 miles. And then it was just perseverance from there. David Goggins would talk in his book about taking souls, yeah, which is a a very (laughs) aggressive thing to say, but I was just picturing that in my head. And what he means by that is just, you know, demoralizing someone and, you know, just taking the the willpower from them. It's totally mental. I'd, I'd reel them in as soon as they got in my sight, it might take 15, 20 minutes to track them down, but I do it. And as soon as I passed them, I, you could just tell it was demoralizing. Yeah. And that's what I did for the last, you know, 10 miles of the race. And so I got back into fifth place. Yeah. See, I'm a person, I've never actually raced a race, as you know, like just, you know, run how I feel like it, when I feel like it. And usually if I'm running a race, it's scouting it for clients or I'm coaching it physically, like pacing someone. And, um, I find it more exhilarating coming from my athlete background from ball sports. There's always a motivation, get to the ball first, you know, hit the ball first, get to the base first. Like there's always a motivation to be somewhere. That's not just like outrun someone. Like to this day, I still like, I don't have motivation for that. Like I don't fucking care. Like if we're, if I'm running hard and then you want to run harder, I'm like, okay, see you in a minute. Right. Like even when we're running, like I, I don't feel competitive. I'm just like, all right, go ahead. Like, see you it's later. Just you know, I'm faster than you know, <laughs> at this point, <laughs> but <laughs> six months pregnant. Yeah, exactly. Um, but for real though, it's like, it's just not to me, it's just not motivation. It's not motivating. It's not inspiring. It doesn't make me feel good. It's there's no bone in my body. That's like, I need to get that person, but it's definitely more exhilarating to come from behind and overtake people than it is to be out in front and then just try to be out in front and be more out in front and be farther out in front. Like Uh, that's a, that's a terrible feeling. Yeah. Like to me, that's not like, yeah, it doesn't feel good. You know, when we first moved into town here in Bernardsville, New Jersey, we did that 5k and you had recently given birth. Yeah. (laughs) I was trying to win the walking way. This is funny. I was trying to win the walking division because I was actually feeling like pretty good. Was it three weeks after? She was the three weeks old, right? I think so. Yeah. Um, When I say feeling good, I had a C-section and was like, I was not feeling good, (laughs) but I was like, I'm feeling good enough to like be here. Right. Like push a stroller. A mile walk, pushing a stroller. Yeah, I did the mile walk pushing a, st- a stroller full of shit. It's like one of those Cadillac up a baby strollers full of like, I think we had our coffees. I had a full water, like 32 ounce water bottle. I had all of Sienna's stuff, right? And like, Sienna had probably pooped. So yeah. Actually, shit in there as well. Exactly. Yeah, I had a baby in there, uh, obviously. She was in a bassinet. So it was a giant bassinet. I had our layers in there because um, it was like kind of chilly. It was in September. Um, but anyway, and. I I think my average pace was like a 1640 or something. 
um, which if you know walking paces is actually a pretty quick walk. But the winner was like a 15 minute walking pace. And I was so fucking pissed. I was like, who the fuck trains to like walk this shit? And it was our mayor. <laughs> I, was <It's> like, <laughs> I was like, wow, she's so good. Like she's so fit. And never in my life would I ever have paid attention to a walking race, noticed a walking race, been interested in a walking race. But as a, you know, as a new mom who just had a C-section and whatever, I was just like, I was really, I was really into it. And I was like really aggressive. And I thought I did really well. And then I was like, oh, you wow. You did do really well. Thank you. But in terms of like winning, like yeah. I was nowhere near it. I was like, how the fuck did someone walk that quick? And then I saw who it was and I was like, oh, I'll give it to her. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, so what you were saying is you were well, ahead. I, I, I won the 5K. Yeah. Um, but you had no idea like where and how far and every right? You were like, where am I going? I pretty much knew the course. We had looked at a map. I was yeah, still, we had le- just I was still moved learning. Yeah, we're like, well, where are we? So I had a general idea, but there were some big, long, steep hills around here. So that made it a lot more difficult than what you would expect from yeah. the 5K. But then the other thing is someone challenged me right at the beginning of the race. Yeah. And I wanted to win it. And so <laughs> it's like, who does this guy think he is? And he didn't, <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't look like he was in great shape. <laughs> yeah. And he challenged me at the beginning of this quarter mile long, steep hill yeah. going up Mullins. And I was like, well, okay, uh, I'll, I'll step it up. And so I, I picked up the pace and I passed him like a quarter, third of the way up the hill. And I was in the lead for the rest of the race. That was at the beginning of the race. And so then it was just looking over my shoulder. Yeah, uh, That's terrible, a terrible feeling. feeling. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, I've, so I've I'd never... much rather chase people down. Me too. I would just, I never like even like when we would do um fitness days you know in college sports and stuff i would because i you know worked out 65 times a day i was always in the top fitness level and i just i don't want to say i hated it but like yeah it kind of sucked especially like in softball because i would do the fitness and then the coach would ask me to like go back and do it again to like help motivate the people who were you know, different position players. So they have different builds, they have different strengths, you know, they're physically stronger than me, but not as fast or whatever. And I'm like, wait, what? I just did it. Like I'm, I should be done. And he's like, no, no, no. I need you to go back and like double back. So, so when we had to do like a two and a half mile run or whatever, I'd had wind up doing five miles, you know, cause I had to like do it again to like help the other people finish. And I was like, so that what explains why you now do what you do with the marathons where you're running with clients and going back and running. Oh, that's with other a clients. good point. I've never thought about that before. And then you end up running 40 miles instead of 26 miles. Yeah, that's a good point. I never thought, I never thought, that's funny. I never actually put those two and two together. All right, Coach Hicks, that's, you are the credit to my career. There you go. <laughs> um, okay, so anyway, so you did this ultra. What was your feeling at the end of it? You felt accomplished. You accomplished your goal. You were surprised at your finish time. You felt like, fuck that. I'm never doing that shit again. No, I felt great. Um, I, I thought it was, you know. I, it you was, seemed like on a high from it when we talked about it. It was very fulfilling. Yeah. I mean, the fact that I finished fifth overall. Yeah. And there were a lot of people that did this race and a lot of really fast people. I was looking at some of them. I mean, one of the guys ran marathons. I'm like two hours, 15, 20 minutes, something yeah. like that. The guy who won. Um, now he finished almost an hour faster than me. He was way faster than yeah. anybody else. 
But yeah, it, it was a great sense of accomplishment. And the guy at the finish line, when I went back and asked, like, just to make sure what <laughs> place I came in, he asked, like, how many races like this that I had done before? And I said, well, none. This is my first. <laughs> he goes, oh, are you a marathoner? No, I've only done a 10K before. And he looked at me like, what the fuck? What are you doing? <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, so that, that made me feel even better that, you know, clearly I had achieved, you know, more than yeah. I had ever intended to. And, and I wanted to keep on doing that. And, you know, as, as you know, I met you shortly thereafter and we were training for another one out in Oregon and mm -hmm. then the pandemic happened and I got shut down and, mm -hmm. and we had another one in Maine that got shut down a few months later. So and and then we tried I, for January 21 and I was pregnant. Well, and I, and I got an Achilles injury <laughs> yeah. um, halfway through 2020. So I, I did uh, the, the virtual mm -hmm. uh, ultra marathon. Four by four by four. Is that what it's called? On. Four by four by 48. 48. So you run four miles every, every four, four hours. hours for 48 hours straight. Yeah. Which was actually way worse than just redoing an ultra. Running up and down a mountain. Because yeah. you had to get up no in the sleep. middle of the night yeah. and run every well, four hours. And JJ was also hour. in quarantine in Bermuda. So his... No, I was not in quarantine. Oh, really? I could actually run on the road. Oh, okay. I ran up and down my driveway in the middle of the night. Yes, that's what it was. Because Safety. it's like 2 o'clock in the morning yeah. or 4 o'clock in the morning. And it's pitch black. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Safety. So I told my neighbors, if you see a flashlight <laughs> going up and down the driveway... Don't be for 30 minutes in the middle of the night, do not be alarmed. Yeah. It's just me running four miles. Yeah. Being a psycho. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, I mean, I remember that obviously I was worried for your health during that. I was like, please be smart and don't be a fucking moron. I didn't sleep for those two days. Mm -hmm. Remember I kept texting you like, you okay? Did you change your clothes? Are your clothes dried? <laughs> I was so nervous well, about like the, the chafing worst, and everything. Yeah. The worst part about all of that was the laundry. The laundry was pretty bad. I mean, I did the laundry afterwards. Thankfully, I have a lot of running gear. Oh, you didn't so have to do anything during? Not during. Oh, no. that's great. So I just, you know, would wear a new pair of shorts and a new pair of socks. Yeah. And a new shirt. Same shoes. Yeah. And yeah. And then I'd, I'd get back. I'd throw it in a heap yeah, on the floor. Yeah, of course. And I would hop in the shower as soon as I cooled off and wasn't still sweating. And tried to relax. And then I'd try to get two hours of sleep if I was lucky then yeah. I'd have to get up at least 30 minutes before I started yeah. and stretch a little bit and do it all over again. So you were never sleeping for more than two hours at yeah. time. Yeah, that's that, rough. That Some people who do it, you know, when you were doing it and whatever, I looked into it, don't shower. They don't Gross. change. They, they, but they try to maximize. So there's different approaches, you know, um, they try to maximize sleep. They try to maximize rest. They also have partners who are supporting them, whether it's a roommate, yeah, a wife, I, a husband, unfortunately, whatever. Unfortunately, I was there by myself I know. in Bermuda at that time. But they've got people massaging here. them, making them food. Like you had to do all that yourself. Like there yeah. was no help. You were just by yourself. It was a weekend, right? Yeah. I think you were five months yeah. pregnant at that point. Yeah. So you were not with me. Um, but no, I won't do that one again. Yeah. I want to do more live in person yeah, yeah, yeah. again. But that's also, yeah, it's like virtual. My Achilles so it's is not... now recovered and yeah. I can do it again. It's just a question of finding the time now and fatherhood and working three jobs and traveling back and forth. Yeah, exactly. Well, hold on. Before we get to that, when we first met, 
one of the things, well, so my life was crazy when we met. Yours was crazy. You were trying to like live more in New York to, you know, date properly and, and have a different lifestyle and whatever. And I have, was. have roots in the U.S. Exactly. You know, being an American, I can't own property in Bermuda realistically. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you were in a, a transition and yeah. I was living an insane schedule and lifestyle still, uh, barely dating because I didn't have the fucking time. People would want to go out on, I mean, you can tell the story about trying to get me to go out on a date, like the first date. I'm like, 7 p.m. is late. 8 p.m. is late. Like, I'm still working at that time. And by the time I get out of work, I want to go home and go to bed. And what did I, I give you like a 10 minute window that we can meet up. It was like well, between like 8.45 and 9. It was and a, if we can't meet at that exact time and you're like, well, what if like the train does it? Like, tell me when I should get on the train. I'm like, I don't fucking know. <laughs> no, what happened was it was a, it was a Friday evening. I know. And I said, I'm, you know, I got home from work at 6, 6.30, something you're like, like I'm that. available. I'm available. Um, whenever you want to meet up and you said, okay. And we were going to be meeting up at like seven 30 or eight or something like that. And you had taken Bucky, mm -hmm. your dog out for a walk. And you noticed that one of the little sores that he gets on his head had reopened and he was bleeding. Mm -hmm. I thought you were like making this up to try to get out of the day. And you're like, Oh, my dog's <laughs> head is bleeding again. I don't know if I can come. Yeah, I like, what the fuck? What? <laughs> okay, well, do what you got to do. I'm, I mean, I have a lab as well. I'm, you know, Bucky's a lab, Brooklyn's a lab. Like, yeah. I'm a dog person. I understand. So even if you are bullshitting me, like, fine. Yeah. Um, you said, no, I think I can do it. Um, but it's now or never at that point. You were like, you need to come and meet me in the next 20 minutes or whatever. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, it was, it was definitely a small like, window right, of I'm, time. I'm getting on the train. <laughs> yeah. Good. If you're good to go, I'm good to go. Yeah. It was definitely a very small window of time. I was like, you have this amount of time to be here. And we, you picked a bar literally like a block from my apartment. Cause I was like, I'm not going anywhere. I'm not taking a subway. Yeah. I'm tired. Yeah. And you were like, uh, okay, so let's go to this place. It's like literally two blocks away from you. Thankfully it was <laughs> near the L train. Oh, well, exactly. It worked out. Yeah. My place in Brooklyn. And so it only took me 20 minutes to get there. Not even. You were you were there early, and I was like, "Whoa, what the fuck? I'm not even ready." And you're like, "Okay, well, what do I do?" And I was like, "Wait downstairs, remember?" Yeah. And you're like, "Well, do you want to meet at the bar?" You know, remember? I was yeah, like, "Don't I, come to my apartment." Like, yeah, you were a little weird about I, that. Well, yeah. Hello, I didn't like know you well. Like, you know, just like chatting and you know recommendation and stuff. Like, I don't fucking know you. True. So it's it's you know you got to be like with our daughter. I'm going to tell her, do not let a stranger, a strange man, in your apartment. It's weird. Especially one wearing tight clothing. <laughs> wearing skin tight, <laughs> fucking painted on clothes the first time. You, I literally was just like, because when we met, like, we had coats on. It was winter. Yeah. And it was cold. And we get inside the bar. We take our, you know, you took my coat off or took it from I me. I took your coat <laughs> off. I took it no, from me. <laughs> took it from me. Put You put our coats to the side. We sat down properly, like at this, you know, high top table. And I hate high tops, but I was like, fuck it, whatever. Like he's tall. I'll, you know, make an accommodation. You got me a good My beer. My legs will dangle off the stool. It's so uncomfortable for short people. The high tops suck. Um, unless there's like a ledge you can put your fucking feet on. My feet don't even touch the ground when I'm on the toilet. <laughs> 
like let alone, let alone a fucking bar stool. So anyway, uh, yeah. And then, you know, great conversation for what, two hours straight over like one beer. And so we're like, uh, you're like, oh, let's get another, another drink. And I was like, okay, I'll get it. I'm like, oh, thanks. You get up and walk away. And I'm like, oh, he needs a cheeseburger. <laughs> oh, God. What about also, just real quick before we go to what I want to talk about, your transformation during the pandemic when I asked you to grow your facial hair out mm-hmm. and get the lax bro hair. Remember, you went from like total... Yeah, I like had, metro look, like all clean short cut. Hair yeah, totally bare face. Maybe a day or two stubble. Sometimes, but but not in any of your pictures, no, like all your work IDs that. and everything. It was total baby face. Yeah, you yeah. know, you never, you never grew facial hair. No, I look very young. Yeah, yeah. And then halfway through the pandemic, you had like shoulder length lax bro hair out the back. I wouldn't even call it lax bro hair. It was like. Florida man hair. Well, at the end, before you cut it, yeah. But like, I'm talking like summertime-ish. It was like coming out the back of your hat, you know. Oh, absolutely. And and when I put on a lacrosse helmet. It was flowing. Totally flowing. (laughs) I mean, it pretty much got down to my shoulders. It did. Oh, yeah. By the end. Absolutely. You had to wear headbands when we go for runs and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that year at Halloween, I went as Gardner Minshew. <laughs> exactly. It's basically like the real life Uncle Rico. Yeah. Like on purpose because you looked like that. Yeah. Um, so very funny. But uh, yeah, so when we met, we, we, you know, obviously talked about running and yada, yada, yada. And my life was crazy. And he was in the city this one weekend. And he's like, I really want to see you. And I was like, well... Like, I'm coaching this race out on Long Island. I'm going to run this other race with my sister, you know, out on Long Island. I I just, I don't know when I'm going to see you. And he's like, well, like, let's go out. So we went out one night. Great date. You know, another couple hours of talking, everything. And then I'm like, well, I got to go. And you're like, well, I fly out, you know, the next day, you know, at whatever time, but whatever, blah, blah, blah. Isn't this what is like the conversation? I'm not sure where you're going with this. The race. Oh, no, that was the... That was two days after we first met. Oh, really? I yeah, thought it was yeah. another weekend you came back. No, 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 no. That was the Oh, that's weekend. even crazier. Yeah, so we went out on Friday night. And the race was on Sunday? And the race was on Sunday morning. And you were so, flying out Sunday night or Sunday afternoon? Uh, you had to go was, straight to the airport. I think I was, no, I think I was flying out. Maybe, yeah, I was flying out Sunday night. Yes, yeah, right. it was the same day. I was flying out Sunday night. Because you had to hustle home, shower, pack, and that's get right. to the airport. I was flying out Sunday night. Um, so Saturday night. I don't think you went out. No. I did not no. go out. Yeah. I didn't really have any friends yeah, left living no. in New York I was City. So a lot tired. of my friends had moved to I used to work. Well, I used to work all Saturday. I used to have a 7 a.m. client on Saturdays, sometimes a 6 a.m. client, depending on the day and the season and the running, and work all day until like 4 p.m. And so by the time Saturday night came around, fuck no, I'm not going out. <laughs> yeah. So this was in January. Yeah. So I think I was watching playoff football. Yeah on a Saturday night mm-hmm. or uh, maybe it was the end of the regular season. I, don't know. I was watching football yeah. on Saturday night and just in my apartment having wine. Yeah. And yeah. And we, I was, we you were, were trying to coordinate we were, something. We were trying to figure out like when we'd see each other again. And you said, well, I'm 
running this race tomorrow morning, this half marathon in Long Island with my sister. Do you want to do it? And I guess you were kind of joking. I wasn't. Yeah, I wasn't joking. I just thought like, if he's serious, this, this is my life. Like I, I'm sorry. Like it's, you have a better shot at hanging out with me and seeing me yeah. if we do athletic things at 8am on a weekend morning. Then so I guess going you weren't out. joking, but you never expected me to just Yeah, show up. no, I never, I never, not in a million fucking years did I expect you to be like, sure. And when you would But ex- literally he was like, yeah, sure. Where is it? What time? Send me the link. I'll literally 10 minutes later. I'll be there. I'm like, what the fuck? When you, when you officially extended <laughs> like, the invite, I think it was holy shit. like midnight, 11 o'clock yeah, at night. It was like so that. late. We didn't I, firm up plans till after midnight. I, had, I remember I that. I had officially. a bottle of wine I yeah. think, at that point. And I said, yeah, sure. No problem. I'll, I'll do it. You know, I've been doing Barry's boot camp and yeah. all that stuff. I was in good enough shape. I had done the, the ultra a couple months before that. So I said, yeah, I can chop around a half marathon, even though I haven't done that before either. And so I went out and I took an Uber there because I didn't have a car. Well, I, I offered to pick you up, remember? No, you didn't. You said it would be best if you found your own transportation there because you had to pick up Shauna in. I thought Ames. I offered to pick you up. No, and then you, I was like, you said I, I would take you, but I've got to go and get my sister. Oh, well, you know why? Because I, I had to bring Bucky. So it was going to be, I, had, I was going to Jana's afterward. Yeah. So I had to bring my car and Bucky to Jana's. Yeah drop her off and then jana drove okay so that's what it was that's why i couldn't because i didn't want my i didn't i didn't want my sister to be like oh so you just you just started dating this guy and now he's like in my car going to half i would have never expected a ride from you anyway you basically said that i can't give you a ride yeah yeah that's fine i'll take an uber anyway uh yeah so we met up at the race and spoke for a little bit but you guys were together so i wanted to give you space yeah like be following you around no you literally you literally checked in said hi met my sister yeah and then we're like all right i'll see you after yeah ran the race we you know we all did our respective things i helped you know push jana to i think she had pr'd that day um i cheered for you after i because i saw her well i did did beat you well i saw you like lapping people. And I looked at John, I was like, what the F? Like this guy is pretty quick. And you were so serious. I was like, don't look at him. Don't look at him. <laughs> Cause I didn't want to like <laughs> break your focus. You look so serious. And I wanted to prove to you that I was actually a good runner. This is your profession. I mean, as I a know. Running coach. And so, yeah, we all finish my sister and I, you know, we finally, we, we see you we, and you come over and what, you got like fifth in this race too, didn't you? I think I came in seventh on that so, one. Whatever. You like nearly There won were it. a lot of people that did that race. There's a lot of people, yeah. It's a it's a very popular race. But you literally like almost won this freaking race. And then you're like, all right, I gotta go. I gotta get to the airport. Like chat later, peaced out. I think I literally saw you for like two minutes after the race as well. So like literally you come to this commitment. <laughs> we speak for probably five minutes total, which is like I'm pushing it there, probably less. And the first thing my sister says to me is, you got to marry this guy. And I'm like, huh? And obviously, like, I knew, like I said about our first date, like, I knew there was something there. But I was like, why? And she goes, he is perfect for you. He's interested, but not too interested. Gave you your space. (laughs) Likes to do shit like this. Like, you need to marry this guy. And I was like, okay, I'm going to take that as solid advice. A year later, we 
we're married, we have a kid, <laughs> yeah. doing things now. Fa- fast years, forward. Yeah, now fast forward three years, two years married, two kids, you know. Yeah, it's just, it was really funny. I was like, what a what a time to be alive, right? To like have so many people going out and getting fucked up. Everyone's, you know, happy about like the legalization of weed and stuff. And we're like, let's go meet up for a random half marathon. It was like, so, remember how cold it was too? It was, it was so cold. Yeah. So, and we're out by the water, like in Long Island. I'm like, oh my God, this guy is crazy. Remember we ran around the water. Like that course was like yeah. by bodies of water. Yeah, it was around a pond. Mm-hmm. Um, it was all fro. Everything was frozen. You had to like watch out for snow on the side. Yeah, it was. It I was, think the name of the race was the Icebreaker. It was. It was Icebreaker. That's good. Yeah. With the peng- with the penguin logo, right? No, or I no? I don't remember the logo. I yeah. just remember it was called Icebreaker. Yeah, you're right. It was the Icebreaker. Oh, that's good. Um, but yeah, so it's just funny that like, that's, you know, sort of the trajectory, but then, so you, you go from, you know, childhood sports to this, to that, through high school, through the world for lacrosse to ultras, to, you know, these random races. And then you get in the throes of the pandemic and fatherhood. (laughs) So yes. How has that changed things for you, your perspective, your goals, your, I don't know, your priorities, your values? Like, what do you think? Like, how does fitness now fit in your life? You've already told me you're writing off this, you know, well, lacrosse nationals team, which I'm really sad about, but I guess I understand. <laughs> and you you obviously know our former coach, Pat, yeah. who's, who's now a friend of ours and yeah. lives two towns over in New Jersey. He's the coach at Fairleigh Dickinson. Uh, you know, basically, there is no more Bermuda team. So even if I wanted to yeah. do it, I probably couldn't do it because the whole thing has sort of fallen apart. Yeah. You know, he's now a coach of the, the England, England national yeah, team. Yeah, that's what it is, yeah. Because his son, Christian, plays, plays on that team. Yeah. And they're clearly a step above Bermuda and the world rankings. Um, so that has come and gone, yeah. you know? Uh, so, and, and that's probably a good thing. I'm, I'm too old, too slow at this point to actually be competitive. Understood. Uh, so <laughs> at this point, I mean, fitness for me is, is just finding the time yeah. to do it. And it's, it's still something that navigating i I love doing when I have the time to do it and I, I want to be active. I want to be healthy. I want to be fit. All of that. The competitive aspect of it is probably on the back burner at this point and maybe gone forever. I don't know. Mm, Maybe I'll I'll go, you know, to the the seniors. No, masters. Once, once you hit masters level, you're going to be like dynamite. So long as you stay healthy, no more Achilles bullshit. Yeah. So it's just like you said, it's just finding the knocking on wood. Hopefully that's in my rear view. I went through physical therapy for that over the summer. We just have to be smart. Yeah. Like we went on a a walk jog the other day and you know, it's like, all right, if you want to run ahead, good. You like take off in a dead sprint. I'm like, well, that's probably not what we meant by walk jog, but I get it. You haven't run in a while. (laughs) That was a little bit aggressive. And then I'm after 400 (laughs) meters, I'm, sucking wind because i'm and you're like i'm not in running shape i'm like 
Yeah, because you just fucking sprinted, dude. And our our one year old is like, Dad, 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 Dad. Like, where is he going? He's running away. I'm like, Sorry, baby, mommy can't catch him. <laughs> we're just gonna wait the whole time. We're like behind you. I'm like, We're just gonna wait. Dad, Dad's coming back. Don't worry. Dad, Dad's coming back. And she's like, Dad, Dad. I'm like, What about Mama? She's like, Dad, Dad. I'm like, Motherfucker. Yeah. Mama pales in comparison here. <laughs> well, she just likes saying my name more because it was easier for her to say mm-hmm. early on. So she's, that was her first word. And so she's always just said, yeah, dad, but, dad, 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 dad. but if the two of us are together, she's always going to hug your leg rather than mine. Oh, that's because I'm mom. But otherwise, it's always everything's fucking dad, dad. All the time, 24-7, which is great. It's wonderful, but it's just like hilarious when you like sprinted ahead the other day and she literally, she was so distraught. <laughs> I was like, it's okay. He's coming it's back. Coming back. <laughs> He's coming back. He'll be back in like two or three minutes. <laughs> yeah, He's exactly. not going far. <laughs> exactly. Then we could still see him. Yeah. <laughs> Even me. Um, yeah, what do you think? You think it's helpful having home gym in development? I mean, obviously we're not there yet. We have like a couple things in the treadmill, like – we can't run fast on it right now. Like, you know, is that helpful? Sure, it's helpful. Yeah. I, I don't really have much of a desire anymore to go to a gym, a gym, yeah. uh, a commercial business. It's, I, I, you know, I like the time to it, and exactly. from the gym. The time it takes to get there is like. Absolutely. Absolutely. Even if it's like 10 minutes away, that's <laughs> too 20 much. 20 minutes of your time. Yeah going to and from the gym and obviously parking and the whole thing. Yeah. If you got a shower or whatever. Yeah. Just it's time consuming. So yes, I'd rather work out at home or go out for a run. I mean, we yeah. have five miles of woods behind us. That's here. awesome. I know it's like your favorite in Bermuda, thing. I love we it. Have, yeah. In Bermuda we have the railway trail. Yeah. Which goes for 10, 15 miles mm-hmm. uninterrupted. So I like running outside yeah. when the weather cooperates. And here, well, for here Christmas, got... I just got you winter running stuff. So you no sure excuse did. now. Yeah. yeah. No excuse now. I was literally thinking about it. I'm like, I know he really wants to run outside, but he also is like not a huge fan of this cold shit. So maybe I should just get him some like base layers to take away that barrier so that he can do it. <laughs> I'll tell you what, before we started dating, I didn't even know that Lululemon was for men as well. I well, it was of course, women's stuff. most people, most people don't. They're still developing like into more men's sphere. Like when they started getting male ambassadors, like on big scale, it was right before we met. So it's like, it's not, it's not a big, like we were in Vineyard Vines the other day and I got upset that like the front, like that one little section that was it for women. I was like, oh, I'm back to men's already. They have a bigger men's section That's than women's, you're right. Huge. The whole store is men. There's the women is just the tiny it's weird, front but corner. That's, that's one of the only stores. That yeah, but is I'm like just that. I'm just saying I yeah. love obviously I love those clothes and that you know I'm online I could shop for hours. We literally I was like oh I'm done I guess we can leave. <laughs> but that's strange. how Lululemon is for for men. Yeah. Usually they have a wall of men's items and the rest of the store is women's. Yeah. There are some stores where it's half and half or in the city you've got somewhere an entire floor level is men's clothes you know like they've got women's men's and then you know whatever but yeah i mean you're not you're not weird for thinking that it's not a common thing but uh but yeah i guess you know just it's a weird transition right from competitive like i mean i'm still sort of navigating it and figuring it out too in terms of like 
what it means to be active now, right? Like going on, I mean, we, we talked about this the other day, like when we were talking about my HRV, right? Like heart rate variability and what it means and the alerts that my wearables are giving me. And it's, it's bullshit because I'm pregnant. Um, but it's also like something to think about, right? Because it's like in a weird place and it's something I've never seen before. But my steps every day are between 15 and 20,000 every day consistently. Yeah. 24 seven. I mean, you're the blonde energizer bunny. I mean, so you're just, and you're constantly floors? running around chasing Sienna. Yeah. Well, my floors climb too are always over 20, which is like insane. Sometimes, yeah. sometimes I don't even leave the house, but it just shows literally how many flights of stairs I'm doing every day. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Um, but then you think about like, I think about like working out, right. Air quotes around that. I maybe it's, work out twice a week. Well, you, you do what you like, can in the time that you have. Well, totally. But and think about it, right? And so it's it, like, and it's, it's it just often, looks different. It's often unconventional. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's, it's maybe not even going down to the basement where we have our gym set up. Yeah. It's doing family room push-ups or sit-ups playing, in yeah. the family room. Or yeah. was it last night or two nights ago? In the bathroom. During bath time, <laughs> yeah. I started banging out push-ups yeah. while Sienna is taking her bath. Yeah. And Sienna starts trying to imitate yeah. me in the in bathtub, the bath. just and putting her head up and down. I was, I was definitely laughing, but I was also like, baby, please don't like drown yourself <laughs> as she's trying to imitate you. I was like, oh my God, this is too much, but so, it is, it is good. And like when I do my, you know, prenatal yoga and stuff, like I've told you, she copies it and it's really cute. She like tries to do the stretches. Um, so it is, it's more of like a family affair. And I will say it was easier when she was a baby baby because I could do whatever I wanted so long as she wasn't crying. Especially when she was yeah. just breastfed, it was like, cool, let me feed her and then go do whatever the fuck I want. You know, yeah. now so, it's like a little harder, to be honest. But yeah, so I, I mean, maybe most of the competitive stuff is in the rear view at this point, but that's okay. I enjoy working out. You enjoy working out, staying fit, staying healthy, enjoying the outdoors, and then also setting a good example for our well, kids. Well, totally. And you know, we've spoken about this so many times. We want active, healthy kids. Yeah. Uh, both well, just both family mentally life and too. physically. And yeah. I don't want a kid. I mean, obviously there's a time and a place for the TV and iPads yeah. and all of that. I mean, Sienna starts having her meltdowns at certain points put of the day. Like on. any kid, yeah. you, you know, you've got to put wheels on the bus on or you've got to put, you know, the five little ducks, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> But other than that, I, I don't want her being a kid that's glued to the TV no. all day. I, I want her outside. No. I mean, when, when no, we, we never used, turned when the we TV used to on, yeah. go out during the summer when we were off school, I'd leave after breakfast in the morning and I'd probably come home for lunch. Occasionally, I'd go to a friend's house. Yeah, but then not and then I'd be dinner. home for dinner. Yeah. yeah, and it was just playing street hockey, playing football, wiffle going ball, going to people's houses. Tag. Yeah. Climbing trees, mm -hmm. riding bikes. It was all outside. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my my childhood, my best childhood memories are outside. I was just talking to my mom about this the other day. Something about um Sienna like went to do something and there was like poop. And I was like, don't touch it. And my mom is like, You used to play in our manure pile. And I was like, Oh yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's a, growing up on a farm. Well, I was like, that's true. I used to climb it and play like King of the Hill and we used to sled down it. Like 
touche, mom, touche. But it's stuff like that, right? Where it's like, yeah, like, and our neighborhood seems like it's good for that, right? Like, we've got the, like, wood chip pathway that goes back to the schools and their, you know, their field, the kids walk to school, yeah. you know, elementary school, middle school, high school, it's all right around. We live in a cul-de-sac neighborhood. To your point, we've got the woods, like, five miles of trails and hiking. and It's just, it's, it's built for that. I don't want to say it should be easy, but it should be, it should be pretty maintainable. Let's, let's say that, um, I think, for, I mean, for me, the biggest challenge is pregnancy and postpartum, right? Like as soon as I was feeling strong, I guess is the best word. I hate when people say like normal or back to myself, cause you're never going to be the same, right? Like women who get pregnant and then they want to get back to like, their goal is to get back to where they were. Like it's a, it's, it's, a it's just very like a tall task. Well, it's, and it's not even like a task. It's like, why? So for me, it's like just the sheer acceptance that your body changes. Number one, number two, understanding that, you know, last summer when I finally felt like strong and in a really healthy place in terms of like full balance again, you know, <laughs> we got pregnant so I was like okay this is great this is super exciting but like here we go again small window yep here we go again I think I had like three weeks of like <laughs> feeling like fuck yeah On top like, of the world yeah oh, oh there's two lines in that stick yeah which is great I was fucking thrilled and you know it was it's not COVID the be- yeah exactly it's the best news you know best news ever but I also I was like deep breath all right here we go. And, you know, four and a half months of fucking sickness, losing weight, you know, just like so sick. So it's just, it's just a weird, you know, undulation for, for women, but for men can't discount that, right? Like sleepless nights. I mean, I made you deal with Sienna sleeping in our bedroom for a year. So <laughs> yeah, I remember. So, you know, sleep deprivation. Seems like only yesterday. And well, right. But it's funny because it does, to me, it seems like so long Actually, ago. I- I was but just it, using that expression, but it does seem like a long time ago. It so. seems like forever ago, yeah. but it really wasn't that long ago. No, six months ago. Yeah. Tying all this with a nice little bow. We could just put a little red bow around it that's the same height as you are for, you know, your your yearly ornament, uh, which you still don't understand. Still don't get that concept. <laughs> And please don't go without explaining it. I'm the, not. The well, audience. hopefully the next... Uh, the next five years, you'll get it. You'll see the trend. Um, what would you hold as your biggest life values, and how do you see them represented in your in your life that you've manifested and created? Ooh, we got really a, deep there. Very deep. That's, that's <laughs> a tough question, not one that I think about every day. That's why I'm asking right now. And you don't have to say stuff to appease me, just whatever works. Uh, I mean, I, I would say, first and foremost, being a good person, a decent human being, you know, someone that, that looks after others mm-hmm. and, you know, the, the strong protect the weak. And, or even if it's something as simple as, giving someone a smile and a hello as you walk by them on the sidewalk, treating everyone with respect, 
no matter who they are or where they are in life, whether it's a homeless person or a billionaire. Yeah. I think that's really important to treat everyone with respect. Um, and then I would say also toughness and self-discipline is really important to me. Those are really important values. And that's something that was instilled in me at a young age through karate, which I started doing when I was seven. Yeah. Um, that taught me so much in life being both physically and mentally tough uh, and overcoming any sort of adversity that you mm -hmm. come upon in your life. Cause whether you were born with a silver spoon in your mouth or not, and I was not, even though I had good opportunities and a great upbringing, uh, I wasn't one of the rich kids. Everyone is going to face adversity yeah. in life. Doesn't matter who a you are. A lot of adversity. Yeah. Yeah. Just different scales, different, different problems. Different problems. Yeah. Absolutely. But being able to handle those problems as they arise, you need toughness. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something that is probably lacking in a lot of the younger generations that I've witnessed in recent years. And that's going down a whole nother rabbit hole and we don't have to go there. I know we're trying to wrap up, but that's something that I want to instill in Sienna and young Rocco <laughs> when comes along. Geronimo. Geronimo, Jafar, Giuseppe, Giuseppe <laughs> is being physically and mentally tough because yeah. if you can overcome the adversity in your life, you will be a happier person. You'll be a healthier person, most likely, and you'll be a better person to be around. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, you'll rub off positively on other people. I'll say that concept for me was always taught and instilled about beating. And this was coming from my dad, who's, you know him nowadays. And I try to tell you how he was back in the day very different, you know, but he was always the guy, same as, same as your dad, though, like a tough as nails brain type guy. Um, I can't shake him type dude, but he always would say, and he would always relate it to sports because he was never emotional or never into his emotions. He would never go out of his way to, you know, call and be like, I love you, you know, like never, but it would be, you gotta, you, you gotta beat yourself. So you've got to be tough enough to beat your own mind. Yeah. Once you get in your own mind and your mind takes over you, you're fucked. So yeah. the toughness isn't even like an outward toughness. It's not like a toughness to beat up other people or no, like no, withstand it's, things. It's all inner. Yeah. It's all like. And you can't, you can't look at someone and some, I mean, look, some people you can look at them and say, yeah, that, that guy is really tough. You, you look at someone like Mr. T. And say, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And say, so, yeah, okay, that guy, he's got a lot of big gold chains. He's got a mohawk. He's like, a rough guy, yeah. He's probably pretty tough. Yeah. Uh, but that's that's not, you can't always judge a book by its cover. Well, and, and it's, it's not even about toughness. like, it's, yeah. That, that's physical tough. But um, it's not even like about building walls, right? Because for a long time, I thought it was about building walls. It's that if you were mean to me, it didn't affect me. That's not it. It's like when you're in sports and you like you were talking about taking souls, you know, running, yeah. not letting that happen, like overcoming that, you know, demon, that fear or whatever, um, having the self-respect, the confidence, the, it just all that stuff. I think that's 
like the toughness, whatever, like aspect that I was, you know, that, that I was taught that was instilled in me and like other people's opinions don't matter, you know? Yeah. Like who fucking cares? I don't give a shit if you think my outfit's ugly. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, oh, I mean, well. Other people's opinions do matter to an extent, but if you're doing everything, you know, in your power to be the best version of yourself and that's still not good enough for other people, that's when you can say, you know, they can all go fuck themselves. Well, yeah, and, they can kick rocks. Yeah. Well, that's, I guess that's so my you, point. You right? need to take other, you know, to be a decent person, you need yeah. to take other people's opinions and oh, where they're due. consideration where they're due. Yeah. Like, for example, I'm pregnant. Someone tells me that I'm fat or that I don't look pregnant. I don't, that's not, that those opinions mean nothing. Yeah. If someone says, you know, great job on your run the other day. Like I saw on, you know, on Strava or whatever that you did this run. That's, you know, that's awesome. You're, you're staying so healthy and so strong. That's an opinion that means something. Or if yep. someone's like, Hey, I saw you haven't run in three months. Like, is everything okay? You know, like that type of thing. Yeah. I think exactly. there's a big difference between opinions that are like reflections of miserable people yeah. versus like you said, people who are trying to be good people, good nature people, good hearted people, supportive people. So to be that person is, is important. Yeah. Well said. Um, lastly, total curveball to you. It's uh, going to take two seconds to answer. All right. What is your biggest pet peeve challenge, whatever you want to call it, of being a homeowner? Oh God. <laughs> well, we're both well, first time homeowners and we've had lots of, lots of bumps in the road. Where to begin? <laughs> I mean, probably the most common thing would be that there's always something to fix or improve yeah. or, you know, change to your Liking current tastes. Yeah. Yeah. Cause those change over time especially when you buy the house from an 85 year old Italian man <laughs> who built it to his specifications. All personalized. Yeah. Oh my Lord. <laughs> you have no idea. You have an idea, but yeah. most people don't have any idea, um, different tastes, but with us personally, I mean, legal disputes yeah. with neighbors <laughs> running up 20 plus thousand dollar <laughs> lawyer bills. Um, which yeah, is taking away all of our discretionary income. <laughs> totally ridiculous because yeah. it's not something that we ever asked to get involved in no. and was making us, Christmas but... budgets tight and travel budgets tight and just, you know. Yeah. But not, every homeowner has helping. 10 plus stories that of they course. can tell you. Of course. Even if they've asking, only been in the house for a year. But I was like, I'm just asking, you know, because I know we have our. <laughs> Our lovely discussions and yeah, you know but, things but I, that are going on. So I was like, let me see what you would answer this. But I love this house <laughs> and this this property and of this course. town and the people around us. Uh, so I wouldn't give any of that up. Yeah. But obviously, there's, there are headaches. It's a labor of love. Yeah. yeah. Or the flood. Yeah, the flood. I was taking off for Philadelphia airport a couple of weeks ago when all of a the sudden river coming down our job pipe burst from a water plant up the hill. And there was literally a 
river coming down our driveway. I mean, literally yeah. gushing down the driveway. And I had to get to the airport, so there was nothing that no, I could like, do to help. Hi, babe. Yeah, my Uber was there, <laughs> and my flight was going to be leaving in two hours. I was like, uh, cool, let me go outside in my pajamas holding a baby, meeting the police. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. I talked to the police on the way out. Wow. Yeah, and I came up right behind you holding the baby in these pajamas, actually. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, good stuff. Well, you're a good sport, in my opinion, an awesome athlete. Appreciate you coming on, going through the trajectory of, you know, kind of like instilling athletics into a young kid's mind, you know, when you were a kid and how your dad influenced you and uh, didn't pigeonhole you, but just got you active and helped you move through that. And then your decisions thereafter and always coming back to the healthy circle, regardless of drinking, regardless of going out, regardless of pledging a fraternity, regardless of long work hours, regardless, you know, just a lot of obstacles, a lot of hurdles, injury, right? Surgery on your knee, like Achilles two years ago, just all these things, right? That come up and a lot of people just say, fuck it. Like, yeah, I fuck think- it. I like cheeseburgers and French fries and beer too much to fucking that's, work through it. That's, that's the easier approach. Well, but that's my point, but it's not even and Don't like, get me wrong. I love all of those things too, but, but you know, it's, 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 a, balance. it's a balance. Yeah, absolutely. it's balance. It's lifestyle choices. Yeah. But I think, yeah, to, to wrap it all up in a bow, as you say, I think sports and, you know, being active are so important to being a well-rounded person mm-hmm. because, you know, we, we talked about the team element of sports that plays into being part Everything. of a team and a yeah. business culture, being a part of a family, mm-hmm. you know, working with other people. And then it indiv- keeps your mind healthy. Yeah. Too. And individual sports that yeah. teaches you mental toughness and drive. physical toughness and yeah. drive and self-motivation. Yeah. Um, and then obviously the physical aspect of it being, you know, a healthy person, being able to live a long and healthy life and mm-hmm. not have to worry about, you know, being on all sorts of different medications well, I was just and about to say, hospital yeah. visits and I think, whatnot. And some of that is I think you know, we're both out of your control. Passionate about staying away from unnecessary medicine. So it's, you know, like when we got COVID, it was like, all right, what vitamins can we take? How much broth can we drink? You know, I mean, do you remember it's like we had like a a yeah. vitamin pharmacy, you know, set up. The the zinc and quercetin. The quercetin which I still take every night mm-hmm. now. Yeah, I never even knew what quercetin was. Yeah, well, yeah. your wife has good connections for these yeah. natural remedies. And so... Yeah, uh, that's, that's also striking a balance because obviously modern medicine is important too. Well, but, of course. Yeah. It, well, exactly. And and exactly. That's, yeah, it's a whole nother, yeah. whole nother topic. But um, but exactly, it's all it's all balance, you know? But but again, it's not like, oh, I have a sniffle. Let me go get a pack. It's like, well, no, like I have a cold. It's okay. It'll, yeah. it'll go away. Um, but anyway, so thank you very much for coming on. I appreciate it. Thank you very much for having me. It's only taken a year to be invited on. And I'm <laughs> the end, of the, end of the second season. <laughs> Obviously you can't start with your husband in season one. So <laughs> I'm honored that I'm the season finale. Oh, season that's great. It's yeah. uh, fucking good. No, it was a lot of fun. And, <laughs> Two and a half hours later, 
here we are. So we obviously had fun with it. Well, that's what that's what I'm laughing at. I'm like, we said we'd finish this one quickly so we can go watch something. And I'm like, we're running upon another 30 minutes here trying to wrap it All up. Right, let's let's <laughs> shut it down. Yeah, shut like, it off. Shut it down. Are you done with your beers? Yeah, not quite. But we Almost. can we can watch our Yellowstone and I'll polish it off. Well, so what's your? Can we have a final thought here? Are we enjoying them? It's good. Yeah, it's not one that I'll probably buy again anytime soon. But what can you tell people about it? Bricks City Brewing yeah. sounds cool and it looks cool. And I, I mean, you know, I had one little taste and my taste buds are messed up because of pregnancy. I, but I like some of the other bricks that I've had before. Double dry hopped with citra and mosaic. Yeah, it's just a little bit too fruity for me. Yeah, I like. Well, ones... It's also, a, I mean, sometimes doubles can just be a little much too. Well, I, I like flavor. I I like a lot of hops, and so the hoppier the better, as far as I'm concerned. But that's why I said the flavor. Depending, yeah. it's because it gets tr- stronger. Yeah, stronger flavor. So I if mean, you don't the, like the, the, the flavor, only then beer that I drink anymore is IPA and yeah, double. We've IPA become beer snobs. Oops. Yeah. Oops. I, know, I just don't like Yager. <laughs> I don't like Yarma Yager. I don't like Lager. I don't like ales. <laughs> I love it. All right. You're the best. Thank you. Talk to you later. All right. (laughs) Bye.